Salutations. Every, oh, wait, hold on. Salutations, everybody. It is Matty here today with episode 242 of the Ham hey Radio Podcast. It didn't start recording right away, so I, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> and it's, it's me, Carrick, with ACG. We're joined by a special guest. Introduce yourself, Sarah. Fighting cowboy. Woo-hoo. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the show. You guys should be familiar with Cowboy by now. He's He's been here a million and one times. Um, to sneak in every time yeah. Andy's not paying attention. <laughs> Originally, we were like, let's just talk about Neo 2, but th- it was such a busy week last week that we've got uh, so much to go over. Uh, before we, we do our standard introduction of um, you know what we're playing and what's going on on our respective channels, I just wanted to clarify what happened with last week's show, because originally... What happened was I was at PAX. I was going to do a solo show. I told Carrick, don't worry about it. And um, sadly, just PAX picked up. I previewed like five different games, and I created preview coverage for each of those, which you can see on the channel now. But uh, it just essentially time got away from me, and I did not have time to create a solo podcast. And what little free time I did have, I definitely needed to just cool it and relax. So we do apologize for a week lapse without any communication. It sort of just fell apart last minute. But part of it's on me because I told Carrick, just, you know, don't worry about it. And I sort of just pushed him to the side. So Carrick, I apologize to you as well. Um, totally but fine. now with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our standard introduction. Boys, what have you been working on? What have you been playing? Go ahead, Cowboy. Uh, well, this is kind of the calm before the storm. You know, we got mm-hmm. uh, Ori on the horizon. We got Neo 2 on the horizon. So it's been it's been a lot of just doing whatever I can to stay busy uh, as we approach the, the busy season. Yeah. Have you played anything specifically, or are you just kind of like cooling it, doing uh, shows, I went movies? back to, to revisit all the DLC for, for AC Odyssey, so I've been kind of messing oh. around with that. A little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen online. And kind of just the standards, Monster Hunter, For Honor. Um, checked out that new roguelike, um, Curse of the Dead Gods. That was interesting. Kind of a, a little bit like Hades, but with more roguelike elements. I think so. Hmm. It was a weird one. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't fall in love with it either. Yeah, same. Yeah, that that was the one that um, was a THQ or Deval- who who was the one who was publishing that? I, I feel like I saw Focus. a trailer for it recently. Focus, that's who yeah. it was. Yeah, it was someone who did like a niche style game. Carrick, <laughs> uh, what have you been playing? Uh, I played that as well. Um, yeah, it was uh, you know it was one of those games. I had some issues with its control and stuff like that there was some and and then just overall the way the gameplay was because it's early access so you can never tell i'm doing some games for review i've been doing those for the last couple days um and then let's see i'm also gonna revisit assassin's creed odyssey because i think most likely other than one or two other games out there right now like um odyssey's dlc is probably some of the best dlc i've seen in a in a game so I want to go back and play those. And then I'm going to do Kingdom Come uh, Deliverance, the DLC for that. There's more Which coming out for I, that? No. Um, we had Rick on the podcast, mm-hmm. and he, he reminded me of like all the different DLCs, which th- that game has some stupendous DLC. It, their support has been insane. Um, but they have the one where you're, you can be the woman, and it's called, like I think it's called A Woman's Life or something. like I can't remember, but it's something along those lines. And I just wanted to play it. I, I was just like, you know, it's been patched because I didn't have the greatest experience with that day one at all. So <laughs> returning to it with the DLC and with some patches is actually interesting to me. I don't know if I'll be able to. And then yesterday I did a 2020 top most anticipated games. I hate lists, but 
Yeah. There's so many big games. I was like, I'm going to do one. And then I happened to randomly be recording mine, and I saw Angry Joe was doing his on the same day. So, like, within the same two hours, we both released a random, like, most anticipated, you know, 2020. Yeah, but uh, a lot of the same games, obviously, mm-hmm. were, were on our list. But that's about it. Yeah, you've been you've been uploading a fuck ton compared to what you usually do. You know, you're usually just pumping out some reviews, and and you've been doing more discussions, news. Have you have you been enjoying that more? Yeah, I, I, we're making some changes, so some people are are sort of going to be handling some of the stuff, uh, like streaming. So I'm going to share streaming on my channel, so I'll stream, but they'll also stream at times because cool. I do want I, I do want that. Um, it's been okay, you know, but here's the problem. I can't pretend to be interested. I'm not good. It, it's probably the reason why I've failed so many relationships in my life. But <laughs> I, it's so the news, Maddie, is like 9.30. I fucking get done because I lift weights for two hours in the morning. I come home, and the other guy who does the news has listed me because he's in Europe. So he's three hours ahead or eight hours ahead. And so he'll list me the news, and I'll read it and go, okay, let's do a video. Mm-hmm. Or no, let's not. And so, like yesterday, there was nothing. So I was like, "Well, you know, we'll throw out the 2020." So I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I enjoy it or not. I enjoy it when it's interesting. But here's what I don't like. Hi. And by the way, not saying anybody who does this, there's a problem. I, what I don't like is just rereading something. I feel gotcha. like I'm not yeah. doing anything. Yeah. So I I've been waiting a little bit. Even I waited a day for some news on one of them because I wanted more date. I just. It was like the first day I had nothing to talk about. So, yeah, but, I get yeah, that because as a, as a news channel, sometimes uh, you, you'll you'll find yourself rereading an article, and I've stopped myself like mid video a couple of times before. I've been like, all right, I'm not really been like, adding things. Yeah, yeah. Right. but it's kind of like one of those things where now I'm starting to branch out more and do like bigger projects where, um, you know, you start to realize the value and just your own input. That's why you know some people just want the information right off the bat and yep. then they leave. For me, I like to go section by section and kind of give my thoughts as as I go, um, instead of just reading the whole blurb. Because at that point, it's like whose work is it? Is it really yours, or are you just <laughs> reading a website and and yeah, yeah, monetizing yeah. it for your own right? And uh, so I, I try to stray the path and and go alongside the more of the lines of discussions. But yeah, you've been you've been uploading a ton. It's been hard for me to keep up. So now I know how some of my viewers feel. <laughs> um, yeah. Cowboy, how how's your channel been doing? You've been streaming on YouTube, I see, and you have been I, popping I off. Have. Um, and it is, I'll tell you what, man, it has been crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I made the swap, just you know, um, then I decided I was I was putting because I was doing twenty thirty hours a week streaming, and uh, you know, between the the regular job and and getting married and trying to start a family and all that, I was like, I need to. You know, something's got to break somewhere. So I decided to, to give streaming the axe at least uh, hourly, you know, cut it down from being <clears throat> almost every day to just a couple days a week. Um, and along with that, wanted to move to, to YouTube because I feel like Twitch is just as a platform. I feel like if you're willing to put in heavy hours on Twitch, do those five, six hour, you know, sometimes eight hour streams, marathon streams, you do well on Twitch. If you're only looking to stream for three hours, a couple days a week. Like my yeah. situation, YouTube was a, a clear winner here. So uh, made the jump over. Um, I mean, we, we are almost caught up to where I was on uh, paid subscribers on Twitch already on the YouTube side of things. Awesome. Uh, streams have been going well, like real, real nice uh, in terms of like viewer count and turnout and engagement and all that. So it's been a uh, it's been a couple of weeks, it's been about three weeks now, but I'm I'm really liking it. Yeah, man, I've I've been I've been watching, and it's awesome to see how much you've kind of just exploded through it. Um, I gotta ask, like, 
when it when it comes to engagement, I've noticed I I've streamed on YouTube a couple of times. I liked it, uh, mm-hmm. but I also um, noticed that while you I got less pull on Twitch sometimes, um, there was less toxicity. Have you noticed that being an issue on YouTube? Like you know, have you engaged with more toxic people because it's a little more accessible? I guess it's right on the sub box there. Um. I don't know. Not really. I mean, I mean, you get some people. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is, is you know, with the larger general audience, you're obviously there's, there's an asshole in every group. So with, with the true. bigger group, you're going to run into more assholes. But uh, I wouldn't say it's like it's like proportionally large. Um, I think part of it is I, I did YouTube streaming for a little bit a long time ago, back in like the Dark Souls two days. And I was a lot I was a lot edgier myself back then. Um, <laughs> and I think which is the, the type of content I do now um you know, I, I think I think my my audience has kind of grown with me, and everyone's just really you know, people are for the most part are chill, and we're just there to kind of have a good time and play games. Cool, cool, yeah. Because I've thought about it. Because what you said resonates with my schedule. For me, I've I had to act streaming because my personal life got so busy. You know, I got a new puppy, and, and my grandma's health kind of went down where I was at her house a lot, and so I used to stream at night for. You know, two three hours and and like you said you didn't really grow that much it was just something i wanted to do and i know part of my audience liked it but eventually uh i had to ax it as you said and i've really wanted to get back into it and uh, for me i'm a daily content uploader and so what you're saying would probably be my fix which is instead of uploading on a day maybe stream for a couple of hours on youtube and see how that goes so that that's definitely like really good advice um that i'm gonna probably take home uh, just because it it's something I miss doing. It's it's so fun to stream. Mm-hmm. Well, what's what's really nice is I think one of the biggest things with being a streamer is it doesn't matter how many times you tell people, you will still get a "Hey, when are you going to stream?" question consistently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and with at least the YouTube homepage, you can set up a uh, like you know how you can set up like your featured video and then certain playlists. I have a section of upcoming streams, so like every Sunday, I'll put all the streams for the week up. Cool. And that way, anytime somebody asks the question, I'm like, oh, look at that right there. First thing you see on the homepage. So it's really easy to just kind of shove people in the right direction and then, you know, just hope they learn. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Great example to uh, to follow, ladies and gentlemen. Watch Cowboy. Watch how he does and uh, you will learn. Um <laughs> And with that, uh, as always, if you are interested in our banter, you like to support the show, uh, you want to flick us a single dollar, you'll get early access to this show. Early access goes live two days um, before the show goes live for free to everyone on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard oh, what, Time. What about, I heard there was a Carrick OnlyFans starting. I was hoping to get more information on that. Carrick, you want to tell us a little bit about that? A what? <laughs> <laughs> a Carrick Only what? <laughs> was somebody was somebody fucking around? <laughs> Did you know what an OnlyFans is? Oh, a porn web- website? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's it's OnlyFans like, is a porn website. It, it's or, like well, ra- racy, racy pictures racy. that you would yeah. post of yourself. Mine are already out there, man. Fucking go see me. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what's racy for me? No beard. That's don't it. even. Yeah, I've never seen that. It's already out there. No beard or, just, no, or no hat. 
No, <laughs> no beard or no beanie. That's my nakeds. But no, there will not be. There will not be one of those. That's disgusting. Okay. That so, grosses me out. So sadly, we cannot offer that in our package. Uh, you'll just have no. to support my Patreon for a dollar. Um, you're going to have to give me money if you want to give Carrick money. You <laughs> won't be getting any uh, uh, photos, but you'll, you'll be getting some great content over there. Or you can. Uh, what do you call it? Memberships, cowboy. You could flick some money your way. Yeah, yeah. Member. I have memberships active now. You get a. Okay. Actually, I have, I have some some pretty neat perks. If you if you take the the big expensive package, which I think is like twenty five bucks a month, I let you mm. pester me on Discord anytime you want for personal one on one build advice in games that we both play. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Do you know those work out? I have two of those on my channel, but mine are YouTube based, like helping mm-hmm. people. Maddie has one. Um, mm-hmm. Build advice like you have those have actually ended up being probably my more successful things where somebody yeah. looks and goes like five bucks to the discord. That's great. Or a dollar for Maddie's early. Like, that's great. But then somebody's like, Oh wait, you'll, you know, help me out or whatever. And it's surprising how often I get people subscribing to that level versus yeah. even a, a $1 or $5 mm-hmm. level. People will be like, Oh, well, yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, they, you know, they want whatever um, you may have knowledge-wise. It's very cool. It's a good idea to do build stuff. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I, I used to have – I still do, I should say, but I have a $50 section for what I did was like a couple of hours of my time uh, each – I think it was a um, couple of weeks. Um, I do consultations with people trying to build channels, and um, it capped out at one point, and I had to like put a limit on it because people were yeah. – like, you know, you, eventually you're just – scheduling way too many and and you don't want to let you want to be able to focus on someone's content and really like help them help them not just make it feel like you're collecting a check um but yeah as of lately no one's been really interested in that but the way you're taking that angle of like build advice that's that's like perfect for what you do that's definitely uh if i ever did something like that that'd be a, a sure shot avenue it's pretty cool and with that I think uh, we can get into you know Final Fantasy VII remake demo, Neo Beta. Uh, both of these recently happened in the past week. Um, I know Cowboy, you specifically wanted to talk about Neo Two. You know that was our, our driving force of getting you back on here. So if you'd like to go ahead and oh, well, start us there, let's start Final Fantasy because I know oh. every, I know oh. everybody got in on that, and I don't want to just instantly. <laughs> I don't I don't want to just like drop all the Neo out. Just spills out like a <laughs> you Kevin. Gotta, you gotta Drummond tease us a little office. bit here. <laughs> yeah, so so what did you guys think? I was um I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit, I gotta say. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um I thought it was extremely fun. I thought the if that's the quality they're gonna go for throughout the whole game, I mean mm-hmm. holy shit. I don't expect that because, you know, it's a demo. We've seen that part uh debuted since E three twenty nineteen, I think. So it's been around for a while. It's probably the most tested, ready part of the game as it stands. Um, and so, but if, if it is even close to that, I mean, there was just so much happening in that that like forty minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. What about you, Carrick? Do you like it? I know you made a video on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I don't necessarily like the combat system's depth from what I saw because I'm a little nervous twenty hours in what it feels like versus four. Mm-hmm. So. That's the one thing that very much disturbs me because I was already getting very bored with uh, switching out to the specials. Like the the inventory is really terrible, or the the menu system when you're in real time and then you pause it and you fucking click down and you go in or not pause it, but you know go into it's your slow yeah. cast fire. Yeah. yeah. Um. It, what I mean by that is six hours is one thing, 
20 hours is one thing, 40 hours is something else. And so that'll yeah. be interesting to see how that works. But I, I said in the video, we are finally playing what we all, or what most Final Fantasy VII people would say when they're lying to you about the game. They'll say, oh, the game looked amazing. Yeah, at the time, but it didn't look like what we're playing. What we're playing is finally people playing their memory. That is, yeah. it, most people I know who are playing it are like, this is what it looked like. No, it didn't. <laughs> like, it didn't look mm -hmm. anything like this. It looks amazing. But it's cool to finally get that. It's cool to play a game that's as good as the memory you have. Because we all think we were better, or our fucking last car was better, or we looked cooler. And then you go back and you see a video of yourself, and you're like, damn, I look like a dumbass. <laughs> Right, so you see every time you look back at least like seven years. Oh, dude, like, every always... that's funny. We talk about that every seven years. You're yeah, even your maturity changes about what you you know what you're mature about. But with Final Fantasy VII, it's cool, man. People get to go back and play it. Admittedly, uh, I wasn't a fan of Final Fantasy VII originally at all. Mm -hmm. um, but what I played here is is very. I mean, it looked very good. It was very enjoyable. It was had it was a pretty basic attacks you know pretty basic combo system um mm -hmm. but yeah it uh, like there was a oh i will say one thing man sorry that camera is balls did you balls. Did you did you pull it out yeah it's still okay. balls it's the worst fucking camera that camera is fucking horrendous man it's because it like that centers low yes and, and yeah. that's exactly really it easily. it's crotch i hate that shit like i don't know why they yeah. don't think of that so that's the only thing that i'll fight i'm sure when it and, and i'll fight it and beat it like as in i it won't bother me too much but mm -hmm. in the demo because it was a short 40 minutes or whatever that did bother me. i did know i get that yeah yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about the combat then because it seems like you have some gripes i was sort of in the middle on it cowboy where do you stand on it I so it's it's funny because I actually I played through it twice. The first time I I kind of went through very much just focused on Cloud, um, and I 100% agree with Karak here. It got it, it did get kind of all right. This is spammy. You know I don't know if I could do this for for 20 hours for 30 hours 40 hours. Um, and then the difficulty was actually kind of hard. Killing the thing with just Cloud was a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. And the the second round I switched to. Uh, switched to Barrett and absolutely obliterated it. Like, but no, not just pure Barrett, but switching back and forth. Like I'd switch to Barrett, I'd get in my damage, toss out Thunder, uh, thing would be stunned, switch back to Cloud, start doing the combos in his uh, like aggressive stance or whatever it was. And it, it, it felt like there it really started to flow. But I still, I agree on the combat. I think it needs like a timed attack system at some point where something. like, you know, separate presses at the right time, do bonus damage or, or something like those lines because if it's just you know mash mash square for the entire game that will uh, like i know it sounds weird because we're coming from turn based where you literally just say like okay you attack <laughs> yeah. and you heal right. which is super simple but just mashing that square button it doesn't feel as satisfying hmm. so we'll we'll have to see what happens yeah i i i sit in the middle because i played it technically three times it's funny because i played it at pax and that was like a 15 minute demo so you start off inside the reactor it's not mm -hmm. like there isn't that section before where you're running from the train and stuff it's just the reactor and the boss fight uh so the demo that people got to play i played it on sunday that it came out the next day was a much bigger version than what was available on the show floor at pax which i found a little strange uh so essentially i ended up playing it three times you know when you're mm -hmm. playing it on the pack show floor um, at that point, I was really tired, so I was just kind of like, I didn't even plan on making a video on it at the time. I was just like, I just want to play this game. And so I didn't get to like take a lot of mental notes. 
Uh, I played the demo the next day when I got back. Um, I, I liked it, but I had some qualms with the, the combat. Kind of like Cowboy said, I felt like I was really fighting with the system. And my third time through, which was to record footage for uh, just a demo impressions video, I ended up really liking it. I felt uh, Barrett definitely had the edge to a strange surprise. I didn't really expect that, but like his spells and, and his ability seemed just more useful in general during the, the situation that we were in, which I, I just, I don't know, because Cloud's a superstar. I guess I feel like he could do anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Cowboy said, it started to flow really smooth. It felt really good, but I felt like it's because I had all that information. And so I'm curious how the game will, now that I know, okay, the Scorpion Sentinel goes down easier with electric attacks, and that's how you lead into staggering, and then I'm going to go into Punisher mode with Cloud once he's fully staggered to do like beefy damage. Um, I'm curious to see, now with that data moving forward, how I feel about the combat system, because I ended up liking it. But the reason I say I'm in the middle is kind of like what you guys said. You know, you, you, you wonder if it's going to stay mashy. Um, the camera is something you have to fight with a lot. Uh, how many abilities are they going to add? We know mostly about the spells, right? Because we've just we've played Final yeah. Fantasy before. Um, how impactful would the weaknesses on that be? I think you you make a really good point, Cowboy. That that times like if you press square, 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 you know, like that space. Yeah, there. and we. I want to say, didn't we have something like that in fifteen? Like I know you didn't start with it, but I want to say that as you started picking up certain weapons, your, your combat skills, I know there was something that made the combat more. I, than I just should know. I've played like a hundred hours of that game, and I platinum it. I should know, but I, I haven't played it since then. Um, I just know weapons felt differently, and they did play a bit differently, but. Um, yeah, I'm just happy in one way. I was relieved when I first started playing it to know it was not like 15 in the terms of combat. Cause I really liked 15 story and it's world, but the combat aged horrifically already. Like just the, the big square in the middle to parry and holding yeah. circle to attack. And it kind of being like almost a mobile game auto fighting for you. I just, I did not like that. So I was just happy to know that final fantasy seven didn't have that, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it stands the test of time. Um, I think if they keep up the big cinematic moments and stuff, that can sort of wash over inherently what the combat system is, you know, like cutscenes and, and bigger set pieces and changing phases with the boss, right? Like the Sentinel, I think, had kind of like three phases um, yeah. where, where you had to approach it differently and target different body parts. If they keep up that level of focus on enemies and, and highlighted weaknesses, I think some of the mashiness can be forgiven, if I'm honest, but that's just me. Um, and it also depends on how differently each party member plays. I liked playing as Cloud because you had the Punisher mode and the more tactical mode. But how's like Tifa gonna feel? How will Aerith feel? You know, those are questions that have yet to be answered. What I also, oh, I was gonna say one thing. I'm I'm really curious to see is I've noticed this talking to a lot of my more casual friends. Um, a lot of people still don't know that this game is just Midgard. They're and it's a lot of people I know that you know they grew up playing this game, and they still they they they're not aware that it's going to be a three game set. They think they're getting all of Final it's Fantasy Seven right now, and I'm like, no, no, it's 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 just a part. And it, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Game. I feel like that might bite. Like just seeing how much of the the general gamers are still unaware of that, I think that might kind of sneak up and bite square in the ass come release day. Yeah, they fucked up with the name, I think, because calling it remake indicates like it's the whole game but they're not thinking about like a part two a part three and so they should have just called it like final fantasy 7 midgar or something like that yeah that's that's exactly what they should have done in my opinion carrie you're about to say something earlier uh 
You are, but it's a Oh yeah. Ukrainian. So first of all, um, <laughs> switching the different uh, difficulties, auto attacking the classic, and then the the real time in the yeah. I never touched the cool. classic. Um, cl- they 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 worked. There, the auto is sort of weird because basically he's just attacking, and then you pick the specials, which I mm. guess for somebody who wants to, um, you know, see the story. That's gonna be that's gonna be the go to. You know, it's it, it. I will. Oh, that's one thing. So I got done, and never died. Defeated the boss really simply at the end, and then and then I did my video, and then people were like, "Holy shit! Wait, you found it easy? Like I found it really hard." And I'm like, "What was hard? Like I don't get." And then I realized that a lot of people when they fought the scorpion at the end, um, they weren't paying attention to some of that stuff. Also, my I would agree that Cloud, at least to me. I don't know if I would say agree, because I don't know if you guys said this exactly, but I found Cloud really boring to play because his specials are two sword attacks. Stab or jump up in the air in Ginsu, where Barrett was guns plus overcharge plus healing plus thunder. And so he just felt more fleshed out. And, and he was a little less mobile, so he felt And he was a little less Cloud. mobile. So I found myself enjoying... Um, I, I definitely enjoyed bouncing back and forth, but I, I will say once you realize how often you can heal, that game is on easy mode all the way through uh, because Barrett can heal you fucking constantly. So the one thing I'm also wondering about is how they're going to balance that because, I mean, he heals. You can just basically heal almost consistently it doesn't take very long before heal becomes available again you're yeah. just like boom boom plus the so, items that they give you plus I think the, that was that's what i was gonna demo. say Pl- yeah plus the potion so that's what i'm actually that's what i was saying is i'm i'm hoping that when the final comes out this stuff's balanced and mm-hmm. um we find a reason for the classic version and the autoplay version and then this because if it was harder as in you got hurt more then i think the real-time combat would make me engage more but it's like right now it was so easy that like you were talking about berserk mode or whatever. Uh, wh- uh what's the uh, hard hitting Punisher when mode? You hit triangle. What was it? Punisher? Oh, yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah, something like that. I think I went into Punisher mode maybe six times in the entire fucking demo because mm-hmm. I just was destroying people. Like it was just like Barrett would shoot him and I would just attack him really quick and then leap out of the way and attack him again. So I, hopefully that turns up the difficulty a little bit. And there's a requirement because I think the more of a requirement for you to use the things that they're putting in new. It is is the way to get you to buy off on those things because otherwise why put them in like why would you put in a real-time combat system if you're not really going to not challenge i guess but make somebody yeah. engage with it so that's my hope and I, I would assume i would assume that's what we'll see graphically i will say though looked really good yeah it's strange look that, look that very, you uh very beautiful you mentioned the difficulty because now that you now that i think about it uh final fantasy 7 i thought was pretty tough I mean, it required some grinding the before original. you could really... Uh, yeah, the original, I should yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's it required a little bit of grinding before you could start cranking through some fights, and even then, uh, they could be tough, because if I remember, when you hit enemies, I don't think they had health bars, so you really couldn't tell how deep you were. No, yeah, the you fight. just kept kept whacking away oh, until they were... Gotcha. Yeah. Until and, they were so, and, and so, I'm not saying I want that, but it's going to be a real interesting translation. I think Square... Yeah just kind of how they are as a company now. I think they know this is going to be a big game, and I think they just want it to be as accessible as yeah, possible. Like, sure. classic mode, I don't think it's classic mode. I think it's story mode. That's how I view it. Like, when a game's auto-fighting for you so that you can pick commands, that's that's story mode. It's it's doing the work for you, and you just do, like, the little uh, little bit of heavy lifting. Easy mode is is you want to interact with the full system, 
uh, but it not hit you as hard when when you get punished. Right. And then, and then right. normal is normal, but as Carrick said, you know, and as we saw in the demo, which this may be rebalanced, but there's a lot of items. Uh, you can heal a shit ton with Barrett. Um, and also, if you're in the Punisher mode with Cloud, it's really easy to parry, which feels good, but it's and it's a good level of interactivity, but it's it's still one of those things where uh, it's definitely not hard. And I was very surprised to not see a hard mode there, but it could be a tweaking thing where they feel they that's might, not It might ready. just be a demo, too. They just yeah. didn't want to, you know, they don't want to show their whole hand yet. Yeah. Yeah, and it it could be balancing. Like we, I don't know if anyone picked up, but I think you were like level eight or nine when you start this demo because there's a whole section beforehand. Um, so there's that worth keeping in mind. Um, what'd you guys think of the music and the and the voice acting? Um, I I think Cloud's voice was was perfect. Cloud was right. The yeah. the perfect amount of like apathetic. I don't care. Leave me alone, Dad, and let me listen to my music that you would expect from Cloud. <laughs> Um, yeah, Barrett's voice actor. I was a little bit on the fence. Sometime I felt like he was, and this is going to sound really weird. I felt like he was trying too hard to do a black guy voice, even though I'm pretty sure the the voice actor was a black man. Correct. It, yeah. just, it felt like he was trying to force, like, oh, I need to be Barrett. Like, I don't know. It it did not feel natural for Barrett, whereas everyone else felt natural. Hmm. See, I, I just thought he that. sounded like goofy. You know, I, just, I, I thought – I guess Barrett is kind of like a jokester. I, I didn't really remember that aspect of him from uh, Final Fantasy VII. I guess that's the impact it has when you're just reading versus hearing a voice. But yeah, right. my biggest issue with Barrett was he was just very, like, in your face, over the top, which I, I just didn't understand. I was I just – I didn't remember him that way. And I thought, like, the, the scene in the elevator where, where he was, like, yelling this whole speech and then – Cloud just tells him to get help. Like, I thought that was actually really funny. And if they have that kind of dynamic, then that will be good. But it just seemed like the whole way through the demo, yeah, Barrett was kind of, like, forceful. Like, he was just kind of, like, hitting you over the head with, like, do it. And um, I, I just – I don't recall that Barrett. I really don't. I said in my video that he's, like, the Coltrane's younger brother from Gears of War because that's exactly what he sounded like to me. He sounded like, cool train, baby! But it was just, it was over the top, and it was it was not really well done. I, I'm a, not a really big fan of, you know, these kind of games anyway, usually, voice actors, but I thought Cloud was fun. I thought everybody was overall fine, except for Barrett. But one thing I didn't like is I had forgotten just how truncated um, Final Fantasy's writing is. And so I've come off of, let's say, Witcher, or even some of the lesser good RPGs, but have come out recently, um... And then, of course, you've got, like, Disco Elysium and stuff, which is uh, amazing. But the writing is very uh, sentence-heavy. So it's just like, my name is Cloud, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I like to run across metal, dot, dot, dot. And that's how they spoke, which was really weird for me. I, I And I'm assuming that's translated from the game, you know, from the game proper. But it doesn't feel like spoken language. It feels like a sentence and somebody then reading it and they're trying to get like that emotion heavily in. scripted yeah and uh, i think that'll be difficult for the voice actors i don't blame anybody uh except for the writers who who should learn how to mend stuff together but I, I won't blame the voice actors for that if that's what if that's the way it comes across that's a the audio director's fault um not the voice actors but that's what i think i was picking up on a, a lot was if you go and watch i had subtitles on i think they were on all the time i could be wrong but I don't I think so. I think so. I, I never turned them on, but they were on during cutscenes for me. Okay, yeah. So when he's in the elevator and stuff, if you notice, it's just sentence 
pause, sentence, yeah. pause, sentence, pause. And uh, it just shows its age. I think that's one place that shows its age. And and then that'll it impact everything As else. A, but you mentioned just music. To... I just want to stay real quick. Music's no, go for fucking it. amazing. Yeah. Sorry, As opposed to, to just so I can get clarity, um, when you say like sentence, pause, sentence, pause, is this opposed to like natural pauses in between like people talking, you know, like moments where characters are moving around a scene and, and maybe there isn't talking? Or are you just saying every set, every line of dialogue is like a loaded sentence? It's not like, hmm, okay. And that's just kind of it. It's it's like full on just. Yeah. So if we need to go here nor- and do this, normal people would. I mean, normal people don't have those pauses between every single sentence. They continue their sentences on. So mm-hmm. to repeat that, normal people don't have their pauses in sentences to continue those sentences. That's the way they write. Oh, and, okay. And those, it. because it, it was text originally. And I think that's what I'm seeing is the translation from text to voice. They haven't gone in and said, these are compound sentences. These are, these are structured in a way that we can deliver information that's a little bit mm-hmm. more flowing. And what's weird is even B-level games now are far beyond where this, wa- where this was. And that's the one place where I think they might have some issues where it j- that feels crusty. It felt really old when they were talking. Like, it was, I was just like, this is really old writing. Because you're accustomed to Geralt, uh, but ignoring him. You're accustomed to, I mean, even Fallout 4. They're NPCs. I mean, I'm trying to bring up a game that not everybody likes. So like mm-hmm. Fallout 4, where uh, maybe the novelization wasn't that good, maybe the narrative wasn't that good, but they still deliver stuff flowing maybe multiple sentences. That just didn't seem to happen as much in the demo. Yeah, I get that. And I feel like if there's going to be a pause like that, it has to be associated with the character doing something. something. I think of... Because yeah. you brought up The Witcher 3, and I, I think of like when... Geralt is talking to someone and then, you know, the, the scene cuts away and you see him like turning around, going, taking a knee to investigate like a crime scene or something like mm-hmm. that. I think that's a pause. And then the set and pick like a, a new sentence starts or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that. It's not something that particularly stood out, stuck out to me, though. I, did, uh, I just think it's an interesting thing to catch, too, because it's one of those things you don't mm-hmm. really like you don't think about it. But, you know, he's right. The writing for Final Fantasy was you know, 20 years ago. And writing styles, especially in gaming, and inevitably it's going to change over the years. And, you know, taking that and putting it... Like, I didn't even think about it, because I think part of it's my brain was still in nostalgia mode. Um, but from, like, an objective standpoint, it does make sense that the the writing, it just doesn't stack up to, to what we have these days. Yeah. And I don't even know if the game series was known for its stellar writing, but that's definitely something that, if you're going to remake it, can add a bit of complexity there. I don't think anyone would complain about that. So certainly something that we'll have to see over time, what they do. Um, now, Carrick, I know you said you like the music, Cowboy. Do you like it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, the, the Final Fantasy. The people who make music for Final Fantasy have, oh, I mean, not even just Final Fantasy, but Square in general, you know. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's pretty hard for them to not knock it out of the park. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. They're always on top of their game. They're also super complex um, – this is my nerd brain for music, but the themes a lot of times are more complex than the the arrangements are. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, where a lot of companies might hit, like, a string section and that's it, they'll have accompaniments and all kinds of crazy stuff, and it feels really thick texture-wise. If you listen to some of their moments, it isn't just, like... And I love Justin Bell, who does Obsidian stuff. You know, I, I, I adore his stuff. 
um, he hits it sometimes in the Pillars games, but it's where it's it's like lately I've noticed a lot of people are like, here's a string section, here's maybe a, a little bit on the side with a different set of instruments. Man, that game was or that game just had like fifty fucking instruments going on, and it was multiple it was multiple timbers, it was just all ingrained and it was actually quite complex to listen to and i usually rate when i talk about game music i'll say would i listen to this outside the game that doesn't mean it's good that's just a little added thing and i could certainly see listening to the music from this game outside of the game like very much i would have no issue but i like classical music too but i mm -hmm. i really thought that they did us just a really good job on the music at least from what we've heard so far that's good because you know final fantasy 7's soundtrack is iconic exactly right yeah. right i think i think they're in good shape you know for matching all right so with that out there does anyone have anything they want to add on for final fantasy 7 or should we get into neo uh, i think we're well how how uh i guess one thing to just touch on real fast how how i know i know it's in midgard but do you think they're going to stick strictly to the midgard story we know from the og final fantasy or are we going to see some some new elements worked in i read that they're adding side quests and they said the side quests are as big as the main quest so yeah. that could be like 20 hours of a main quest 20 hours of side quest who knows um the way i remember it, and like i said it's been seven years since i've played final fantasy 7 but the way i remember it is the trip between that reactor and getting to the top of shinra tower and i don't know where they'd go after that um it's not that long. So something has to be added there. And you see like hints of like Sephiroth, like you see Cloud seeing the, the feathers. And so mm -hmm. I think we're going to see Sephiroth being a little more prevalent, a little more of like the main antagonist. I definitely think they're going to change things to not only make it longer, but to flesh out Midgar more. We've never really had a chance to explore that. That's why while some people were really upset about Midgar, being the focus of the game, I'm excited about it. You know, I do, I would rather just the full game. Don't get me wrong, but I am very excited of the idea of just a full open Midgar questing, uh, getting into multiple districts there, seeing what this city really is. Uh, that, that excites me more than anything. So, uh, especially knowing that there's a lot of side content, uh, I'm surprised they haven't shown off the depth of the city because there's a chance it could be very linear, right? I mean, um, Square has, like, as far as I can recall, like one fairly open game in Final Fantasy XV uh, that could fit in that genre. Um, but even then, Final Fantasy XV wasn't known for like towns and cities. Uh, and the one city they crafted that was definitely inspired by Italy, I forgot what it's called, but it's in the later chapters. I know, dude, the, the Leviathan with one. The, with the, yeah, the canals and stuff. God, navigating that was a fucking travesty. So. I'm not going to sit here and act like they're going to mastercraft a beautiful, uh, freely explorable Midgar. They could absolutely fuck it up. And that may be why we haven't seen shit on it. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm not worried about it because, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the original and didn't get to play as much. So to me, the idea that it's there, I just have a feeling most likely it'll be, like Maddie said, an explorable, <clears throat> a, explorable part of the city, which I have no issues with. I mean, if it turns out shitty, it turns out shitty, but they did it for a reason and i don't i mean i look at other like reasons that this could be possible where they split it like this and to me the idea that they wanted to make that city you know maybe get the technology so that of for this game and the engine and everything running and just 
I'm okay with it. I don't really have as much of an issue. I've seen a lot of people who are like, they're cutting it up, we're not getting blah, blah, blah. Well, they very clearly said this is a reimagining. So to me, as a, let's say I'm a Fantasy Star fan, which is the other game, that's a Sega version of Final Fantasy, basically. If you were to tell me Fantasy Star was doing this, I wouldn't be up in arms about them blowing up and making a place more interactive and big than the original. It's a weird thing to complain about. Yeah, um, I agree. I get what people mean by I want the full game, but if somebody says I want the full game but exactly like the original, well, to me, that's sort of the remakes we always bitch about. Oh, they mm -hmm. didn't really do anything. They they upped the graphics. So to me, reimagining, new battle system, new way in which you play, mm -hmm. new explorable world, show the technology that you have, well, show the things oh you can God. do. I'm To me, that's exciting, not mm -hmm. unexciting. And I'm going to be honest, that gameplay from Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy VII, you might sell to an old-style fan, but a current-day fan, I'm not 100% sure they would be as excited about that as what yeah. they may get with this reimagining. Well, I mean, turn-based is, is, especially turn-based that old. Like, look at Octopath Traveler. Octopath did fairly well, but even then, it, it, wasn't, you know, it wasn't winning any awards. Right, and it, sure. it, it's just something that people, some people still like it. But even then, Octopath had quite a few updates to try and keep that turn-based combat system more more interesting. It wasn't, you know, just click and go like it was back in Final Fantasy VII. So, I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's part of it. I guess it, it's, I don't know, it's the discussion think... of retro versus like evolving. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just think people forget how you know the number one how old the game is so inherently how linear it is and and that no one i'm sorry no one would want to just replay a fancier version with like more action of final fantasy 7 like you would everyone the conversation would inevitably circle back to like wow i wanted more from that even if yeah. you were happy with it you know there, you would have had that feeling of i wanted to go here i wanted to see that and uh, while while i'll be the first to say like don't split it up do the whole thing if if and this is something we'll only know when we put our whole hands on the game so this comment could age horribly but uh if they end up giving it the time and energy and and focus that like midgar would deserve and then when you leave midgar making that whole world open and uh giving that the focus and attention it deserves and then split it up and and make it work if that's easier for uh, a game as big as final fantasy 7 um i say go for it but we're gonna see what they do with Midgar first, and if they fuck it up, then I think a lot more arguments will be valid on why don't you just do the whole thing? Because let's say Midgar isn't this uh, this large interactive city; it's not as deep as we expected. Then we're like, well, what the fuck were you guys doing for all these years? And I know the game was in development hell for a while, but I digress. Uh, it, we're just gonna have to wait for launch, I think, to to really fortify some things. I apologize. I, I dropped out for just a second. I no, you're good. My camera. Um, you're good. I was I just also, talking about Midgar. I, yeah, and I also believe that it's sort of disingenuous because um, we have a lot of people who are like, uh, we don't want remakes that are just, you know, the the bare minimum. And so you have a company that's like, hey, we're going to take this huge thing and we are going to give it a star treatment. We're going to bring it into the future. And then people are like, nah, we don't want the future. We just want we just want the past. And, you know, I do actually talk to fans who are original fans of Seven who do are are excited for this too so mm -hmm. i think we hear people bitching but it's like how many people are really bitching versus how many people are just worried that their amazing game might be treated poorly um I, my hope is, is that people are open to it because i don't know about yeah. you guys i'd be open if 
I'm trying to think of a game. Like I said, Fantasy Star, some game I absolutely adore. If somebody said we're reimagining Kotor. it, Kotor, I we I don't want Bioware doing it. We've talked nah. about this. Yeah, but anybody they actually else might is, not be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just like just do it, and then we'll react to it when we get it, and we'll see if that was worth it or not. Hmm. We'll have to wait and see. Well, let's go on to a game that we know is going to be fucking amazing, and that is Neo 2, ladies and gentlemen. All right, this is all yours. Go for it. I mean, well, I'm not the not the only one here. I know, I know Carrick mm-hmm. has some, some experience with Neo. Maddie, I know you played a little bit. Um, I know you didn't get to play the, the recent demo, did you? Did you jump no. in? No, I did not. I, I came home from PAX, and I was shot. I was just like, I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> it was when we were DMing each other. Uh, I played the shit out of the first Neo, though. I got like 100 yeah. hours in that bad boy. Platinum trophy, not too shabby. So I can talk a little Neo 1, but tell me. Cowboy as a as an extraordinaire of this style of games. What what am I looking for here? What am I expecting? I, Is it good? I'm I'm happy. I will say so. I've been I've played the closed alpha test and then both beta tests. Um, and initially, at least when they were were first talking about this, I was really excited because you know the whole thing was this is going to be. Um, you know, this that th- there was an interview they had. I remember the interview was with PlayStation. They basically said, you know, we didn't know what we were doing with Neo One, so with Neo Two, we're really going to take the we're going to take off the kids' clubs. And I got really excited at hearing that. I, and then I, I actually the, remember you saying that to me. I, yeah. I don't know if we were hanging out or something. I remember you saying that. It, to me. <laughs> we were, I don't know. We were either hanging out or it was a. Uh, it might have been on on another one of these shows, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, and then I played the alpha, and the alpha, I was not impressed at all. It felt. Uh, very, very much just, you know, Neo 1 with some extra bells and whistles. Um, and seeing The Last Chance, which I would assume is pretty close to their launch product, minus like a day one patch, um, they, they definitely did up it uh, quite a bit. I think some of the, the biggest complaints were uh, enemy variety. I think that was easily one of Neo's biggest weak points. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot more, whereas the alpha, it felt like a three to one for old enemies to new enemies. Now it feels like it's reversed. Like for every old enemy that you recognize, there's three new ones we've added on into the game. Excellent. Um, the new weapons. Um, I'm not completely swollen on the Switchglaive. This this thing is like a trick weapon from Bloodborne, essentially. It goes from like a halberd to uh, a cleaver to a scythe. So it's it's super flashy. Um, but I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel it has the damage that a lot of the other weapons have. Okay. Uh, the dual hatchets are obviously fun. They they scale the same as dual blades, except you can throw them and hit people in the face dope. with them. Um, <laughs> I think probably the the, in, the the newest thing that I think is going to be what will sell this game or break it for a lot of people is the new uh, the demon burst mechanic. So they added this thing where, as, as opposed to living weapon, you you still have a like super mode, but you basically come in with one of three demons now. I actually like that more because Living Weapon was essentially just, hey, you're stronger with whatever weapon you're using and you're locked in mid-stance, which is kind of dull. Um, Now you have a a Hammer Boy, a fast, uh, quick, like, dagger-type one, and then one that is long-range and, like, throws this Spirit Glaive thing at people. So basically, like, Mage Rogue Warrior, if you will. Um, And each of them has a separate parry. Now, all the enemies have these new attacks. I guess you could almost think of them like perilous attacks from Neo or from uh, from Sekiro, whereas like if you get hit by this, you're going to get messed up. Um, and the only way to stop them is either, you know, haul ass away just running or you have to time this parry to stop them. And 
That's the biggest mechanic I noticed from the beta, is if you got good at doing that, you would trounce everything you came against. If you were bad at hitting that parry, enemies would walk all over you and turn you into a floor mat. Hmm. So I think it's going to be whether or not people can can get used to that and start rolling with that. That'll That's going to be like the make or break fun factor, I think. Okay. Sounds like there's a lot of variety. Like I, I, That's what I liked about the first Neo was there was this... Uh, it just built in with like all the all the weapon types and the stances. It just felt like every build you did felt truly different. And this sounds like more of that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So if if we're looking at it from the the building perspective, kind of the the the, the if we're talking about Neo's parents more on the Diablo side of things, um, I think it does even better because the so the Switchblade is a magic weapon. So you have a dedicated magic scaling weapon now. If that's what you know tickles your pickle, so you can go magic. Um, they've actually streamlined stats a lot. Before we had we had Spirit, which was kind of just this weird stat that you would arbitrarily be like, "Oh, I need to hit twenty five to use this Lightning Tiger," so I guess I go up to that, and then I'll never use it again. Aside from like a few very niche builds for like four or five distinct weapons, that's not a thing anymore. Um, now you have you have your magic, you have your dexterity for obviously magic and ninjutsu. Um, they added a courage stat, which directly impacts how fast Key recovers. And then key is still kept uh, separate under heart. So every every stat kind of has something that it's going to benefit now, like constitution replaced body. So that's your your main health dump. Uh, heart is still there for key. So that's your key bar. Courage is key recovery speed. Stamina is equipment load. Um, strength and dex are still very much like we're just here for damage. But it, those have always been that way. Um, and then you have your your magic and your dexterity. So I think they simplified that a little bit. Um, one thing I like is they went... Neo was already pretty good. I mean, it seems like it's overbearing, but I think Neo always did a good job at explaining things if you wanted to look. Like, a lot of people, I think, got confused by just the sheer volume of things in Neo, whether we're talking about the blacksmith or the status effects or what stats to level. And they have put tooltips on literally everything. Like, I did a, a starter guide based off the demo, and they went... It's, it's insane. Like, as somebody that works in usability... I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, there's oh, tooltips on everything. Yes. Like there's even, there's even a thing now that this, this is new. You go into, when you're in your stats, it's like access additional effects and you just hit X and it pulls up a list of every single special effect in the game, whether you're inflicted by water or someone threw poop at you, or you have a certain defense buff or an aura buff. And it, it shows an icon of that buff and explains exactly what it does. And I'd love that level of detail in a game like Neo, because there is a lot there. There's a lot to take in, but knowing that, like, oh, I can just go into the menu, it, it's like having the the old school guides that games used to come with, like the manual that explained all the shit. And I, I think they did a really good job here at the sequel in accomplishing that. Okay, so it sounds like a true sequel in the terms of like improvements moving forward. Is it? Have you? How many of the bosses have you tried your uh, your luck against? Um, one, two, three, four, five across all the the betas. I want to say five. I don't want to spoil anything for people that that haven't had a chance to fight them. But uh, boss variety seems good. Um, the levels I've had a chance to play so far, they're they're not bad. I think part of it is when we when we think of of Neo, inevitably we're going to invite the comparison to Dark Souls. I mean, it's it's you know it. Yeah. it 
I, I think of this game as the love child of Diablo and Dark Souls. We see a lot of set building, a lot of stat optimization and grinding, but we have that in-depth, you know, play-by-play Souls combat that, that keeps you coming back for more. And part of, I think, probably one of the biggest strengths of Dark Souls is just the scale of the world. Dark Souls very much gives you a, a sense of, like, wonder as you're going through it, you know, seeing these massive gothic architectural feats all around you. Um, Bloodborne's the same thing. You know, you'll see something off in the distance, and then four and a half hours later, you're exploring that. And I don't think you'll ever get that with Neo because it okay. is a, a mission-based, a hub-based style of game. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the the environments we have seen so far... They're good. I wouldn't say they're they're like they're like they're terrible, but I don't think they're at Dark Souls level, and I don't think they'll ever get there just by the type of game this is. I guess it kind of helps when they, uh, I don't know how else to word other, and they they sort of know their place. Like I think the mission structure of the first Neo and how it worked, it, if anything, I guess it, you could compare it to Demon Souls in a sense with the hub and stuff. But yeah, um, I I think it's good that they're focusing on their strengths rather than trying to, to be this big gargantuan thing. I, I find that a lot more attractive nowadays because, you know, it seemed like since 2014, every game's just tried to be this huge open world epic. And it's nice to know that you can just have like a mission by mission experience and, and each mission can feel differently and you can go back to the same areas. I remember in the first Neo, you know, you, you'd go back to the same area, but some uh, mob enemies would be positioned differently or there'd be like different things happening throughout the level. And I personally really appreciate that a little bit more um, just because you already had like Dark Souls has become so big. It has its own name as a genre. Like people say it's the Dark Souls of this. It's the Dark Souls of that. And while it kind of gets memed, that's how popular it is. So if I was ever to like direct a game or make a game anywhere close to being like in that level of difficulty, I wouldn't try to be Dark Souls because that's already a thing. Right. And so that's why I appreciate more of the, the mission structure that's in Neo. I think it's a good thing. We got Carrick. You've been you've been super quiet over there. What do you What do you got for us? I know you, have you messed with any of the demos. I, yeah, I mean, it, the only thing I will say is um, I don't know if you feel the difficult. So the difficulty I was seeing a lot of people being like, "Okay, this is this is hard." Like in in Neo, I don't know if I remember Neo as being. I didn't really. I felt there was one boss in Neo that was redonk, redonk. That flying that fuck. Bitch. Yeah, and here's what's weird um, I even talked about it in later videos it was a great skill cap meaning when you did defeat that character and you went back and fought anybody else they were trash because your skill level was so much higher after defeating that boss um, however however it shouldn't have been that hard they should have yeah. split that between two bosses, make it a little bit harder and a little bit that when you went in, I mean, I got tired of the, I, I just, that feeling of walking to that boss made me want to die inside. Uh, no, Neo two feels pretty. There's some times where I'm like, man, this might be rough. And yeah. so I look at surge two. I look at dark souls. I look at Sekiro, Sekiro, another one that I would say, depending on how you play, it can be rough. Bloodborne required super offensive play and people weren't expecting that. So a lot of people thought that was rough. Some people loved it, but I'm saying there's a couple that are outliers and I do feel Neo is going to be that. I think people might go into it thinking it's Sekiro, which it's not. No, <laughs> not <even> and <laughs> you're going to, you're going to want to kill yourself. If you try to play it that way. you're not going to, you're going to hate it. Admittedly, some people who hated Sekiro might like it, but I felt that it was pretty difficult. The demo, I was like, man, I like those games, but there there does come a point where 
I want people to I don't want people to add an easy mode. Yeah. I've never felt developers have to do that. So did you were you but using that that parry thing though? I was and that was going to be hang on, that's going to be my next point. Okay. So anyway, a, a difficulty, I would like them to adjust it. I really do think we are at the tip to where people are like, seriously, dude. Seriously. <laughs> the second I feel that the parry is going to be everybody's de facto way of playing. Mm. And that bothers me even more because that means people are going to go into it, find out this is the one way in which you can whatever. And that will be, it sort of goes to what Sekiro and Maddie had an issue with. He felt that there wasn't as much flexibility and some, there were times where he was like, I'm playing it a certain way. It wants me to play. I do feel like Neo, the way it's set up, there's a chance you're going to have a, those as a major complaint. And mm-hmm. I don't think that complaint is without merit. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't talk, you know, too much about it because, you know, reviews coming up. But it's going to be really weird, man. It, dude, it's difficulty. I, I did get used to the parry. I, wasn't, I would say mediocre to maybe good on the, my ability to do that. But, dude, mm-hmm. seriously, like... I don't know. Well, no, I, I, I agree though, because like take take the recent demo for rough. example. When you were fighting the uh, the spinny axe man, mm-hmm. if you had the brute parry, it was a joke. You could sit in his face and just pimp slap him every time he tried to do anything. Yeah. Whereas against the the crazy humanoid guy, if you tried to do brute, he would he would trounce you. He would kill you instantly. Whereas if you used one of the other ones that was like very much a a instantaneous parry, you could stop his you his bomb thing. Yeah. So I, I think it, it is very much going to be like, oh, hey, you know, I know you're liking your, your red guy over here, but you're going to have to switch up and play blue for this next boss if you want to beat it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 going to be another game. That, I, the more they try to go away, like like uh, like Maddie said, the more they, you know, this game's like this version of Dark Souls, but then everybody's trying to do their own thing. The more they do, the more I believe they're not doing their own thing their their yeah. entire focus is doing not what dark souls does that is actually an issue i would like i would have liked neo one and two to have been a little bit more about the flexibility of the weapons even though i thought one did a pretty good job i know i seem to be in the majority or minority for that but i i, I think with two i'm going to be really interested to see some of the reviews i'll just say that i just have a feeling some people are going to look at it and be like you know what we need to figure something out like because that's another thing guys we all like it right like i i'm okay with a, a super hard game yeah. but at some point you do start looking and going like how many of these are we gonna say you can't join how many games are we gonna say sorry you can't come in because you're not a fucking pole vaulter like that's <laughs> right it's and i i'm not saying easy mode i'm not but I think Surge 2 had this at times. I love Surge 2, by the way. I love the flexibility Great of the game. weapons in Surge 2. Man, yeah. I love switching. I felt like every weapon was weird and different. Uh, the limb system um, is fantastic. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so yeah, pull it. so th- to me, that's what I'm worried about is, is that we won't see that flexibility. I, w- I will say, now we're, now we're doing this based off of the, the difficulty of the demo, correct? Okay. Some. Um, okay. Because I know the demo, I don't think the leveling was was right was right there no not at all because when we were a couple of those missions those were like would be like second Later. zone missions and yeah. we were starting them at level one so obviously we're going to see a jump there sure. um 
I do. I think I don't know, and this is based largely off my experience with with Neo One, but I do think a large amount of the difficulty from the game it doesn't so much come from them expecting the users to all be like you know pole vaulters, but I do think this game is like, hey, if you want to be successful, you're going to need to to get the gear. You're going to need to get the right skills. It's a game that it, it forces you to put in the work. Whereas, like, with Dark Souls, and I know it, it sounds weird to say Dark Souls is easy, but, I mean, there there were times in Dark Souls where it's like, grab the biggest thing you can find and put every point in strength and just keep hitting stuff in the face until it's dead. And you could do that for 90% of the content. I mean, you get to something like Nameless King, it's probably not going to work. But you could go through... I mean, I remember the, the my first playthrough of Dark Souls 3. I went through with a, an Ultra Greatsword, and I was just like, smash and smash you and smash you. And, it, you know, that... That was, it was brain dead, but it did clear all the content. Whereas in Neo, you take the biggest axe you can find and try to do the same, and a yokai is going to like grab you and spit in your face and throw you into a urinal. So, here, so that's did, did you my... feel like diversity oh, becomes a problem? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm just, I'm making sure if the conversation is going this way or not. Do you think the diversity presents a problem then? Like there's not a balance across the board for one build versus another? Is that what No, I'm no, there, there is. I mean, I've, oh, I've, okay. I've, I have over a thousand hours in the original. I've done, I've done ninja builds. God Almighty! I thought a hundred yeah. for me was. Good. I've, done, I've done ninja builds. I've done uh, dual sword build all the way to way of the Neo. I've done Omeo builds, Odachi builds, Spear builds, regular katana builds, um, and each of those builds had drastically different skill selections and loadouts. And I mean, there there was a, a play style similarity. I, I always tended to go towards skill moves. So if I was playing uh, dual swords, as soon as I had an opening on the boss, I'd do water sword, the one where he just like dices them up like a blender. Uh, if I was doing spear, I'd, I like the tornado spill a lot, where he would like slam it down, do like a, a seven twenty spin, and then a hit. That was that was a good move. Um, but if I tried to play, I mean, I will say within the skill tree, there were certain things that were better than others. There were something like water sword would would dice a yokai into a thousand pieces against a human wouldn't do anything you needed a big beefy target you could get under um but i think that's that's kind of the nuance in neo is it gives you all of these tools and you know by by the dark souls comparison where i could take i could take you know an ultra great sword and whether i'm hitting r1 or r2 i'm killing everything i come against neo is going to be like oh well you know, if you're fighting this big guy, you might want to use this move. But that move's not going to help you against the humans. If you're going to fight a human boss, you're going to have to try this move instead. And so it, you know, it, it I think so, it forces you to do the homework, I guess. I agree with you on Neo. Hmm. But on Neo 2, I believe it mixes that with the requirement for the parry and therefore feels more restricted. Mm. Does that make sense? It's requiring yeah. both now instead of just the one. And I'm not saying this is for sure... I'm just saying that that to me is where I, so so let's say the restriction we know there for example in uh I I got to bring a surge up. I just the surge when I found a weapon I liked in the surge I'm like all right here we go. And even if the boss maybe wasn't the best against that or if the weapon wasn't the best against mm-hmm. that boss I could play to the weapon. Um here I feel that maybe that might work a little bit, but that y- you not only have the requirements that Neo One already introduced, but now you have this like you got to get good at this parry, and it just feels like maybe my choice will be a little not less. I'll still be able to do it, but I might not see success even if I get really good at it. And I'm not necessarily against that. I'm just saying 
I think, I don't know, man. I feel like we're getting a lot of these games. Yeah, Guys, no, we are. Dude, it's like every game I get a fucking PR announcement for says Dark Souls-like 2D platformer racer puzzle game. And you're just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, really? Like, and I'm not lying. If I type in Dark Souls-like in my PR email... Oh god. You know what I mean, guys, because you yeah, get them yeah. too. You're just yeah, looking at it going, fuck, are you kidding? And sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes I've been like, Nope. <laughs> like, nope, not going to visit sometimes. that one. I just, that's that's generous. Well, I'm like, most times. <laughs> yeah. So so uh not dissing on Neo two, I'm just saying I I I am yeah, no, the, the, the pair is gonna be a thing. I, yeah, I do agree with you. I guess that's the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a thing. Because you can't if you don't abide by that, like I mean, take take the demo boss, for example. If you didn't parry his spin to win thing, your only other option was uh, blocking, where unless you were like a super max level heavy armor set, you're not going to block that, or panic rolling and sprinting around. And even if you do that, you're you're turning into into a battle of attrition. You're not. Yeah, you're it's not going to take you forever. Yeah, you're not going to create those windows. And that's one thing I noticed is back in the the last Neo uh, confusion, where like you know you hit them with water and fire, and they would enter that state where you could stun lock them that's not nearly as strong anymore now that'll it'll allow you to do extra damage to him but it doesn't put him into this perma stun lock state that was super broken in uh in neo one and the this the, the new stun lock state only happens from obliterating all of the key and if you're gonna obliterate key you have to hit those parries so i i yeah i, I agree with that and i do feel that i would like developers who are making these games um especially sequels surge 2 included Sekiro 2 if they make it that kind of stuff that um, they also bring in some new blood who can test these games from a level of not a master. Yeah, too. like an accessibility I, standpoint. Yeah, thing. I was talking to a guy for QA for Ubisoft, and he was telling me about a game he was playing. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, seriously? How did you do that? And he's like, well, you know, I played, you know, the last game or two of this series. And, and I'm like, dude, wrong person to QA your game. Not yeah. wrong person. Just not the only person that should be QA in your game. Yeah, you, you, should, you don't all... want to do your QA with super users. You also yeah, want right. like, most yeah, common yeah. denominator users. It's like when you invite over a PC guy and he's the tech PC guy like me. And he's like, let's build you the best PC ever. And you're like, dude, I don't have $4,000. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? I'm going to buy a car. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. No, no complaints. It's just um, I'm hoping we start to see some flexibility in some of these developers as we move forward. I would really like to see that because, dude, I leave a lot of people behind too. I'm sure you guys hear it. Somebody will be like, thanks for the review, but I can't play this game. And I'm like, yeah. damn, man. And they're a good gamer. Like, they're not a, you know, they're not a, a shitty player or they're not somebody who's not going to put in the time. They just lit They feel like there's a skill cap. No, yeah, Neo, Neo definitely, definitely does have that. I think that's there. There was a big, big conversation about this when uh, when Sekiro came out. Yeah, right. About accessibility in gaming and gaming, yeah. and um, you know whether whether it's it's something that that slows down the overall mechanics or makes death less punishable or whatever the case is. And you know, you very much have have two camps. You, know, you have the people that are like, you know, let's make it accessible for everyone. Um, and then you have the like, you know, not everything is made for everyone camp, and it's. I am it's firmly in the second camp, messy. but I think that people also forget that one means access to, the other means difficulty in continuation of. Well, and, and so I think you should allow somebody through the door, but you yeah. don't always have to say we're going to help you get all the way through it. The one hit kills. Well, I, th I think part of the problem too, is I think that a lot of the time when it comes to accessibility and in particular, like uh, gamers that, that suffer from disabilities, 
I think we see a disproportionate amount of cases being made from the gaming journalism standpoint for those people versus the case being made from those people for themselves. Because there'd be, oh, yeah, know, some, for sure. there'd be some asshole on Forbes that's like, oh, well, you're just being a bunch of um, albius because you, yeah, you don't want yeah. people that are handicapped to play the game. And then there's the guy that jumps in that's like, well, I have no arms and I beat Dark Souls with my feet. Stop, you know. Guitar controller. To, yeah, stop <laughs> trying to prop us up to your cause. And I mean, I think some, you know, I think Logitech's doing good. You know, the whole, uh, the, the adaptive gaming kit. We're seeing Microsoft. some stuff like that. Yeah, Microsoft yeah. for sure with the adaptive gaming. We, we basically just need more of that we did in game development, you know, get get somebody in on the ground on Neo and have them try and play it with an adaptive kit. See if they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's a good point. That's a really good point. I'm surprised they don't do that. I'm, I'm surprised that's not baked in. Like just get one person to try to do that on the side. Well, to be fair, tests with the accessibility controller. Now. If, if you want to look at, at a lot of the, the, you know, hyper super difficult hard games, you know, the dark souls, the Neos, the Sekiro's, a lot of this is still very much Japanese game companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we're seeing, you know, and, and stuff where like Celeste, where there's a lot more focus on, on uh, you know, uh, accessibility and, and usability for anybody who plays. We're seeing a lot of that in American companies and European companies. And Japan is still very much of the mindset that's like, nah, fuck you. Either get good or don't play this. Yeah. And I don't, you know. Hey, before I, I, we can. Before we move on, I got to ask you both: What's the hardest of these games you've played? Let's ignore the two D Dark or Dead Cells or whatever that fucking one game was. Oh, Dead Cells, so much fun! It, um, yeah. Let's talk about like the Sekiro's, the uh, Bloodborne's. The what's the hardest one? Honestly, I don't. Think? I don't think there's an objective answer. I think the hardest one is always your first. Wow, I, get, I don't yeah. agree. You think that? Yeah, I think the first one because after. After the first Dark Souls two, well, by being my first, would have been my hardest. But after I after I knew those tricks, I knew what to look for. I knew how to make builds. Uh, I went back and I was just like, "Hey, I know what this guy's gonna do, and oh, I know how to dodge that." So you didn't find Bloodborne's requirement for offense. So so I would agree, ignoring that though for just a second, because I would agree. I think you're right. Yeah, the first time. But let's say you played it. And you've got your Bloodborne, which requires one thing, your Surge 2 and one that require one thing. Would you, I personally would say, because of that boss, that Neo won, was, I, Sekiro did not frustrate me like Neo 1 did during the review. No, I, I enjoyed it. I think Sekiro felt more like Rock Band to me than anything. I was like, like once you learn the rhythm, you were just cruising, man. Like, mm-hmm. the, the Genichiro fight, that's still one of my favorite boss fights of all time. I'm Wait a minute, like, is oh, that the awesome fucking dude on the horse? No, no, that's, no, that's uh, the, the guy who's like in the tower with the yeah, lightning. Yeah, guy at the top of the shit. tower oh, who you oh, beat and then he strips off his shirt and there's lightning and shit. It's yeah. just, that's a good fight. I just like uh, the guy coming player. out on his horse yelling who he is. I, I mean, if we're, fucking, I love that dude. If we're talking pure difficulty, I never even beat the original search. I, I quit halfway through out of just sheer frustration from. Uh, oh, okay. Makes things sense. with the regular surge. But that wasn't, that was more a like, these mechanics aren't as tight as they should be yeah right. whereas the surge 2 i loved um but there were there were a lot of times in the original surge where like i'd go to parry and like fall through the world or some 
stupid technical oh, sure, issue. Sure, right. Yeah. Um, I would say I, I honestly would probably go with the first Neo because I don't think not only of that one boss in the cave, the the flying lady, she was a pain in the ass, but I also think <laughs> of Oda with the Ice Queen that I mentioned earlier. Oh, I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I've ever pulled out my hair over a boss fight, but that one pushed my limits. Wait, that now was, was this the was this the Uniboss fight or was this where you have to fight them together? Together. Okay. That shit sucked. I got my ass <laughs> kicked. And I, I distinctly remember that. And you know, I would say like I know we played it together, Cowboy, but like Dark Souls two was hard in a manner of the DLC I remember specifically like yeah. Even though you walked me through it, the, the the snow one, I forgot what that one's called, where you get attacked uh, in the mist. Yeah, I was I was just like, how in like it was one of those moments where I played it and was like, how in the fuck right, could I have figured that out by myself? You're incredulous almost. Yeah, I, yeah. So situation. that one, that game could probably be on the list too. Um, I I did Dark Souls two originally, except for like the final two fights because I dropped it late just because I lost interest actually. On the PS3, it was by myself before we ran through it together. Um, maybe the okay. th- maybe Bloodborne though, because Bloodborne was the uh, like I remember that first section uh, uh, in Yarnum, I think it was called uh, in the city, where you had to get to the bridge and fight the cleric beast or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and you can't level up until you beat him or whatever yeah. it was. And yeah. I just remember that being the like biggest like slap on the wrist constant moment, like again, again. It was like the fucking miracle. Again, again. And you just keep doing it over and over. And I was there for like four hours, three hours. I remember like picking it up after school, being so hyped. I fucking hated my life during that. Um but once you get a hang of it, I just think it was hard to understand the I'm low on health, I need to be aggressive. And that game changed how I think I played games forever because now whenever I'm low health, I just have this fuck it moment every time. I'm like, I'm going in. I'm going in. And uh, it's benefited me. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I'd I'd say difficulty-wise, Neo, first one for sure, just because boss fights stump me a lot of times in that game. But overall, probably Bloodborne. Well, the the one thing I want to say about Neo is I will say that I – as as a game and as like you know like when you when you're picking up a game and thinking about getting into the meat of it i feel the meat of neo doesn't start until after you've beat it once it's you know it's like diablo in the sense that after you beat the campaign and your max level that's when the game really begins and the journey up to that point in neo i will say feels almost disproportionately hard cuz the game is designed around you being able to Put together these. Got to the bathroom real quick. Keep going. Yeah, okay. you know, put, Go put together these god sets. Put together these ridiculous combinations of gear. Um, and until you can do that, it's it's essentially like you're playing at a handicap. And which once you might have be it, why I had a difficult time with it because I only yeah. beat it the one time, and I was like, I'm never returning. Um, did no, you yeah. do Lords of the Fallen, which was Surge I, One's I did. I did. I, uh, clunky Souls. Clunky Souls. And when, so I had issues with it when it came out because it was used in Denuvo, and this was the mm. old version of Denuvo. And I had technical, like, I did not like that game, but I returned to it once it was all patched up. And I replayed that, not all the way through, but I replayed that. And there were some really challenging, not horrible, really challenging, but pretty enjoyable fights in that game. And uh, I don't know if we're getting a sequel, unfortunately, but that's, no, I, that's another one they, that nobody mentions. I think when they moved on to the Surge, that was yeah. their, like, and you're like, okay, we like this better. Because I think, I think Lords of the Fallen was just, it was too, it was too much of a copy-paste Dark Souls. The comparisons it were, was. were obviously there. Um, you know, people called it clunky Souls, heavy Souls. 
Um, yeah. And then Surge, they kind of took their own spin on it, at least with the the limbing and the making it futuristic and all that. And, but yeah, I, I feel there was a balance problem with that game because it's like a warrior lords. Yeah, lords. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you played a strength build um, or even magic build, there was a thing where you could do like multi, like if you'd swing, you would have like a ghost that would hit after you. You could blow through most content, but trying to do like the rogue fast build. I remember until you got like the second to last ability, you were just outright weaker. I felt that way with Sekiro. So Sekiro, you have the Shinobi arts. What I think that's what they're called. I can't remember the arts. The when you start finding the martial arts, like yeah. s- stealth and all that. And I was having a, I was having, you know, a fairly challenging time um, overall. But I was getting through it, and except for that fucking ogre at the starting, that fucking bugged out ogre. I want to kill somebody <laughs> that in a game. I've I've never emailed a developer until that. That was the first time where I emailed. A developer. You, you emailed a dev over the starting ogre. I, I I sent him video of him grabbing me while I was on a different platform, and I'm like, <laughs> "Listen, you guys need to fix your collision." No lie, I have video in my review where he reaches down and I'm over here, and I go like into his hands, and I'm like, "You fix that shit, right?" Well, I didn't say that, but I'm like, I was like, "Guys, this is frustrating." Uh, anyway, um. But Sekiro, once I got a couple of those arts, man, my entire, I mean, I, then I was just like, okay, I get this. With I never felt that way with Lords of the Fallen. I felt Lords of the Fallen was trying, like you said, to do some shit. I, I think now that it's patched, if people like Dark Souls, you, if you can get Lords of the Fallen for very cheap, which you probably can, um, it might be worth just checking out if you want a, like a weekend Dark Souls. I mean, you could call yeah. it a ripoff. It is, it's, uh, but it's, you, it's clunky souls. It'll, it's clunky, yeah. Like Dark and souls, but slower like and much easier. Yeah. Well, either did I when I first played it, but I was telling him when you were in the bathroom that I replayed it recently, not all the way through, but I replayed it once it's all patched up, no de novo, completely, and it wasn't bad. I not that it was good, if that makes sense. It was that it was enjoyable because it's a different world. You know, for example, I'm not a big fan of the Dark Souls emo fucking I'm a 19, you know, year old fucking just everything's bad cutting yourself on your PG. <laughs> like, that's the way Dark Souls is to me. It's like, meh, everybody's it, it, something about it is very like youth. And with, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know any other way before. to say it. It's just like that's just it's just emo. It's a black eyeliner. Okay. Whenever old I man think of that yells cloud. Old man yells at cloud. Yeah, that that's where that's where God lives. No, I I I was playing Lords of the Fallen though, and that was more of a barbarian style Dark Souls. And I mm-hmm. think I just Conan, I guess, and I just bit into that a little bit harder, just like Surge Two, futuristic Dark Souls, okay. except for those fucking guardians in the park. By the way, you know, I have off. you played the the DLC for Surge Two? I have not. I have not. <sighs> Multiple people in, told me that there was a DLC. Uh, timing requirement oh my and if god you, beat it, yeah. you had to play halfway through the game to get to the dlc yeah, and I was all like, the, all the way back it. to the, the general the general that has little girl you got to play all the way back there i sped through it to get to the dlc because i really enjoyed search 2 mm-hmm. i beat the entire dlc in 90 minutes oh that was you yeah, yeah. you 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 and i dm'd on that didn't we because yeah. i remember you were like dude seriously this is not very long and johnny on my channel was saying Oh, and, and, then, and then after that, yeah. I did the uh, the Code Vein DLC. That was even shorter. It was an hour long DLC. Like, was what? Code Vein good? Code Vein. Well, things. if you're if you like anime, if you are a huge, and I don't mean like the occasional anime. I mean you're a huge weeaboo. You like to sit there and, and watch. Yeah, if you're at Maddie's level so of Maddie, weeb, yeah. you probably enjoy it because it's okay. anime Dark Souls. It's a lot more arcadey. 
but it is it is very janky at times. Like there's you know you're gonna try and backstab something three or four times before you find that that right pivot where you actually uh, connect and do your backstab. Oh, and before we move on, I gotta ask you guys: Did you guys play Ashen, which was the Ashen was great. Not- I, I loved Ashen. That. I thought that, that was a, a very, a very fun channel. little game. Oh wait, <laughs> you didn't like Ashen? <laughs> no, nah, it honestly, it was the multiplayer thing that pissed me off. Oh, it was, yeah. and I, I, I love those guys, but that was a bad choice to do them. I didn't. I just did it with AI the whole time, and it was great. Gotcha. You like that? Okay. Well, maybe I'll return to it because I, they started my channel. They were, I think, my second video was the developers. Um, yeah, no, the, the, like a the AI was, was pretty fun. I had, I had some intense moments where I'd go down and I'd be like, you have to, you know, you can do it, Mr. Fluffy, or whatever the AI was. And The idea in the world is very interesting to me, which yeah. is why I bought off on it day one. So, okay, well, I'll check it out. I, I own it. I just, I was not Yeah, but no, can, I, I, I can see that, though, counting on, on co-op in a game that doesn't really give you any form of communication besides, <laughs> yeah. like, let me wiggle in a direction and hope you understand what I'm saying and not... Dude, not a very good system. Or you know those games where the, somebody says, start jumping when you're in the game? And that's when you know there's an issue. You're like, <laughs> okay, I'm jumping, and you're looking going, yeah, you are. Okay, you're in my game. Like, come on, guys. We, we've got an issue with how this is all put together. Okay, sorry. I just I wanted to see if anybody had played that because it's in this. I think it's dark. I think it's pretty difficult. So, not yeah, No, it definitely definitely falls in that, that realm. Yeah. Soul's light. All right. Yeah. We've got news, fellas. <laughs> An hour and twenty in, we got news to talk about. We got news. What happened? Uh, we'll start off with GeForce. Oh, yeah. oh, oh! I thought you meant something just like. Oh, oh yeah! I realized the way. I, I thought like, I thought you guys were like new trends on, on board with the segue. You were playing into my hand a little bit. I was like, oh, I like this band. Well, if we're talking, I mean, if we're talking news, uh, SXSW did just get canceled. Yes, it did. For for a thing which we will not name because we don't want Maddie's podcast getting demonetized. Uh, yeah, yeah I made the, the mistake way, of putting they... that in the video title once and uh, got hit. And they yep. will also go back. By the way, three of my old videos that I said virus in. Um, and another oh, thank word. You, Gary. Got, no, no, not just virus. <laughs> I said that, and another word got demonetized afterward. So no, yeah, yeah, the, it's right. crazy. Um, okay, so we want to talk about. Uh, GeForce Now. So GeForce Now, which is the home streaming uh, setup, basically allows you to use your NVIDIA card, stream to anywhere in your house, like your Android device and all that kind of stuff, um, was in beta for the longest period of time and had all these games, Activision and Take-Two and all this shit. And then they started charging. They charged, and within a week, Bethesda dropped all their game support, meaning you can't stream their games. Take-Two this morning dropped theirs. Activision dropped theirs. The Long Dark developer not only dropped theirs, but actually stated why. Yeah. Yeah, and his statement was quite interesting because he said that basically they just did not tell them that they were going live or work out any kind of deal for money or anything. It was just like, we're we're here. We're, we're live, and that's the way it is. And that's why Activision left, because uh, in, it, G, uh, NVIDIA stated oh, we thought we had a deal with Activision. Activision doesn't agree. We don't have a deal. That's basically what's happened with all these companies. So what mm. was originally an okay-priced streaming, again, there's programs out there. Moonbeam, I think is what it's called. Grimblade will know, um, is a streaming service, you, you know, a stream, streaming-free platform you can try. But this had really good latency. You could play, you wouldn't play Neo on it. Let's not be stupid. But you could play most games on this, uh, very good bit rate, one of the better streaming services. It was packaged up and sold 
and now what you're getting is quite literally a thousand times less. So uh, people brought up the idea is Microsoft going to have the same issue. Now, Microsoft is pretty smart. Like they're probably going to call up Activision and be like, hey, we want to, you know, they're the ones who had EA early access as well for a full two years before PS4. So I'm sure Microsoft is not going to do this. But yeah, it's a big deal, dude. It's it's like a bait mm. and switch. That's what the dark the and the uh, longest journey. Or sorry, the uh, the long dark. I think dark, is the game name. the long dark. Yeah, that developer was irate. Like he was irate. So what I'm, I'm assuming not we'll see more. Getting is I and correct me if I'm wrong, right? So when you do GeForce now, you're allowed to connect to your Steam account or access your Steam library, right? It's your PC. It's through GeForce. So it's like it's your PC itself and games listed out as supported titles in the NVIDIA experience panel. It will okay, open so, Steam, so, so but it, it has will to have go through your the Steam panel. games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it's like a the way... launcher of a launcher. Okay. Because just the way I'm looking at it is if you've already bought their game to own, and this service just enables you to, through the cloud, access your Steam library then why is everyone pulling out unless they want to a do their own service or b they want you to double dip and they they want a part of nvidia's money that they're getting it's so like blatant though that's the thing like it's so blatant (laughs) you know you expect it from like uh, activision or uh 2k or bethesda but uh here's why though maddie i think developers nvidia is the graphics card developer and i think that a lot of companies are like a lot of people are going to use this so they're to them it's just another way to get some money not a ton maybe 12 cents or something but 12 cents from a hundred thousand people um so i think what's going on is they're just like why should i allow Mm -hmm. nvidia to have my game on their service for nothing so i and and i get what I get that actually. As a, I, I understand that thought process. I also understand yours. Like, mm-hmm. well, you. Um, I don't think they necessarily. Well, in, in Long Dark, I don't think he wants them to double dip. That's not the process. The process was, they didn't tell him. It's almost like let's say, well, Cowboy. He he had a video of some kind, and I emailed him and said, or DM'd him and said, hey, can I use your footage? I can't even remember what game this was. It might have been too. I think Borderlands we were doing. Oh, Borderlands. I was like, can I use your footage for this? Because I don't have footage for this particular thing. That's a common fucking courtesy. Yeah. Now, you could, I could have just used it and put his name, but a lot of us don't do that if we know each other. We'll DM each other. I mm-hmm. think what's going on, Maddie, is just some people thought it was bad baseball. Like, they're just like, this is not the okay. best way in which you go about things as a major company it seems like uh then maybe it seems like a situation where if they did give them that nod like hey do you mind if we use your game for this service it probably would have just been fine but now that they've done it without permission yeah i do believe some companies would have been fine not all but some take two removing theirs doesn't surprise me because dude they want everything on their little special launcher yeah um so but anyway it's just it's weird news because we're getting into streaming guys everything's Mm -hmm. streaming now so it's like mm-hmm. this. This is not the only time this is going to happen. We're going to. I mean, it even happened with Xbox 360 and Live, where like a, a arcade, you know, developer would be like, "Hey, my game's on Xbox Arcade, but they're not paying me. I'm removing it." We we've had it for years. It's just this is the platform, the the major graphics platform holder, that's doing it. So yeah, 
It doesn't sound like anyone's seen. strong arming anyone. It just sounds like more of a no. lack of communication and a response. You're absolutely right. That. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Probably explains why it's not catching too many headlines. It's just crazy. Like, just two weeks ago, we were talking like, wow, this is really cool. There's so many games. I, I was yeah. watching tests online on people, like, using it at, like, a Starbucks on, like, a crappy computer and yep. just running the game fine. It's like, wow, this is this is what the future is about. This is cool. And then, like, two weeks later, yep, about that. Some Somebody's <laughs> just like, fuck your future, man. <laughs> Have you uh, had a chance to try GeForce now, Cowboy? I I have a NVIDIA Shield, and I stream uh, a lot of things over to it, but I've never actually used it for games. Okay. Uh, HDR movies and stuff. Do you have the new one or the old one? Uh, the, 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 the older, older one, one. The older but one. It's, it's it's essentially a glorified like Netflix box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I never had a chance. Because the way I look at it is I never really had a use for it. You know, I, I game from home. Agreed. When I travel, I'll take my Switch or my Vita with me. I don't want to take – if I have my laptop with me, it's for work purposes. I don't want to, like, over overburden the laptop, so to speak, even if it's designed to handle gaming. And no matter – obviously, if it's through the cloud, then it doesn't really matter. But um, for me, I just I'm, – I'm very superstitious with my laptops now. I had a, a laptop for four years, and in the last year and a half of its life cycle, it had a major overheating problem where uh, you can even find pictures of me online. Like I'm holding it up to like an AC vent in a hotel room during E3 because like it kept overheating. And the way I figured out how to fix that uh, was I, I actually took a bunch of beer bottles out of the fridge from the hotel room and, and put the computer on top of them and it cooled the system entirely. So when I went to render videos, it did not overheat. Um, but now since then I've just been permanently scarred and I just don't want to overwork my laptop at all. So I, I try to use it for like travel. And, uh, when I do, I, I'm very sparing with it, even if it's something as uh, generous, we'll say as cloud gaming. <laughs> mm, yeah. But yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to, to test it out. Long story short. All right. Talk about something on the other side of the spectrum and that's TV shows in games. So we're going to be talking about the Last of Us TV show. This is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I, I posted a tweet about this saying I really didn't expect to wake up and just see, hey, there's a Last of Us TV show happening. Uh, I'm going to read this article from Polygon, and then we'll get into it. Uh, a television adaptation of The Last of Us, the post-apocalyptic survival franchise from PlayStation Studio Naughty Dog, is in the works at HBO. The project is intended to be a TV series. It is being led by Craig Mazin. Or Mazin? Anyone know how to say his name? I don't. Okay. He previously worked with HBO on the acclaimed 2019 miniseries Chernobyl, which a lot of people apparently really like, and a lot of my viewers have told me to check it out because it's it's post-apocalyptic. And he's currently writing the upcoming Borderlands movie. Uh, Mazin will team up with Naughty Dog Dog Vice President Neil Druckmann, uh, co-director and writer of both The Last of Us 1 and Part 2, to write and executive produce the TV show. Uh, Naughty Dog President... Evan Wells will also serve as an executive producer alongside veteran HBO producer Carolyn Strauss. The TV series will be the first one from the Sony Interactive Entertainment's film and TV group PlayStation Productions, which I believe got announced sometime last year. Uh, HBO tweeted the announcement Thursday with a clip of the symbol of the Fireflies, a militia in the fiction of The Last of Us, saying that the series is coming soon. Uh, What do you make of this, gentlemen? Are you excited at all based off the talent and the the series? Um, I I mean... On one hand, I, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. I think that the the amount of uh, zombie shows has kind of reached its peak. 
Um, I know it's not exactly zombies in Last of Us, but you know, same kind of feel. Um, but I, I would like to see more positive forms of game media get out there. I think we're we're starting to see a breakthrough. Uh, the Witcher was a huge hit, and I'm given that was based on a novel as well. But the majority of people know that from the game. Uh, the the Sonic movie that just came out and the Pokemon movie; those were both large hits. And I feel like we're we're starting to come up on an era where forms of media, whether it's it's a TV series or a Netflix or a movie or whatever the case is, that are being made around games, actually are turning out pretty good. And I think that's that's just something that's a positive in general, right? Yeah, I found it incredibly surprising. I, the last um, like video game series I expected to see uh, film TV content for were both Borderlands and The Last of Us. Like The Last of Us, I feel like uh, and Carrick, I think you said this that like everyone wants their Walking Dead. Was that you? Uh, yeah, everybody wants their water cooler moment. Right, water cooler. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, and and eventually, um, I, I so did you mention The Walking Dead though? I did. Yeah, you did. because okay. just, they I'm are the, the them and uh, uh, they are the only one that's really gone across TVs and games mm-hmm. and, and I, comics I, I, and, and, yeah. and comics where like uh, Game of Thrones was just TV. So. Yeah. OK. All right. Just making sure I understood properly, because th- the first thing I thought of was immediately The Walking Dead and how in one way I used to love The Walking Dead. I, I freaking yeah. loved that show up until I think about like season five or six is when I fell off and, and just wasn't interested because I felt like it was sort of just rolling on. It was just sticking around too long. It never ended. And mm-hmm. I like I said, once I saw The Last of Us 2 got a TV show, I immediately thought like, oh, man, The Walking Dead, like this could be really good. But then I thought, what if they carried on for too long because it's such a big success, um, which I don't think HBO's particularly known for right like we know for example game of thrones had eight seasons but um there weren't like a shit ton of episodes per season um so it stands to to reason why i think i'm a little cautious about this but i think the the right talent is absolutely on board i wonder uh, what they're going to focus on obviously they use the firefly symbols so is it going to be more of like a militia based story um and they're going to like it's just crazy to think because I always viewed The Last of Us as like an Ellie and Joel story, and it's always to be delivered through games. And now to think it's going to become this big, broad thing, another big post-apocalyptic universe. Um, I'm just shocked that, like, for example, it wasn't Fallout that came out with the TV show first or a movie first. I'm very, very surprised that's not the case. Um, so, dog, shut up. <laughs> let's address things first <laughs> i i was getting ready to talk and he just he has that t- that bark that just bothers me enough it's hard to finish a thought um it's like so Revan. he just whines his bark yeah, exactly i personally feel that um last of us is completely utterly oversold as a game and a narrative i've always said that i'm not a big huge fan like a lot of i can attest are. to this yeah you've said that um, a lot <laughs> I've said it a lot. It, it it shoots its load at the starting and then never really climbs back out of the bed. It's just sort of like, meh. And so to me, we have the, t- the TV show. I don't care if it's... I don't find the world interesting. I find Joel interesting. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Right? And characters. I find those characters interesting. I do not find the world interesting at all. Uh, I, I would agree with you guys. We're zombied post-apocalyptic out unless there's something that's just really weird and really unique. And so to me, great. They can do whatever they want. I love HBO. And I'll give any show a chance. Shit. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I'm. it did not cause me to go, oh! It was just like, oh, Last of Us TV show. They did state one thing that was quite interesting. This is replacing the movie plans. The movie plans are now kiboshed. Smart. So, smart. Right. That, to me, makes me interested because I feel that the focus might go towards making the TV show a bigger, better thing because they're not splitting between, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel movies. Like, it's just one thing. Yeah. One so, good thing is is there... Sorry, I just I just thought of this, though, is is the lack of source material, if you will. There's just a game, and I'm sure, like, a couple agreed. of graphic novels. So it's not going to have the issue that The Witcher had as a show where you're trying to cram, like, books worth into mm-hmm. eight episodes. And they did say in season two they would amend a lot of that with pacing, and we'll see in due time. But that's one thing that I'm relieved about. They're just going to kind of do what they want with however much they want, and and, and that might be a, a good relief for the show. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, hopefully it's good. I just it just doesn't catch me right now. Yeah. What are yeah, we I thinking? Mean, we, a we year? See more. A year, maybe? They said coming soon, right? Like, that's what I read in the article. The the little Firefly image said coming soon. So it could, you know, do you think it could be in a, a number of months? Damn, that's a turnaround. That's a fast turnaround if they do. Yeah. I mean, it depends how many episodes they do. If it's a fast turnaround mm, and it actually true. comes out soon, it, it could be like a five-episode thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Something like really, just really tiny. Because, uh, you know, if anything, The Witcher is great, but it... I don't want to say it played it safe, not in production values, but in the amount they did and mm-hmm. how much they told. They played it safe. You know, there's yeah. no denying that, I feel. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see bigger, bolder takes. But you got to remember, Sony's in the heat where they've had, like, what, six, seven directors on the Uncharted movie. They're probably like, everything's a failure when we try to convert our games into movies. So they're probably not going to do a huge deep dive right away on The Last right. of Us. Especially right. now that we know Neil's also working on part two, the game, which is going to be infinitely more successful off the bat, at least. We'll see how the show translates into um, how many people like watch and tune in. And then if there's a Witcher effect where we see people signing into games already out, uh, which would which will be interesting to definitely keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I, I just you don't want to stretch talent too thin. So I wouldn't be too surprised if this ended up being like a safe approach and it was just a nice handful of episodes that was pretty strong. I mean, how many episodes did, like the Castlevania anime have, right? Like Castlevania is a huge IP, but didn't the first season have like what four episodes or something like that? Cowboy, you could probably correct me on that, but yeah, the first so the first season was was pretty short. It came in at I want to say you're right. It was probably it was either four or five. First, it was not long. Five. Yeah, and I know second, animation's different. Yeah, but... second season was closer to about ten, mm-hmm. and then uh, the third season just came out, but I have not watched it yet yeah and i just i just feel like the first season historically is a safe play so take with that what you will it's probably why a tv show is also more uh interesting to them right like a movie you have to go all in like it's a two-hour film that has to be coherent cohesive uh has to accomplish something where you can set up some narratives uh or bits of narrative throughout the show of of potential storylines that you could pick up later uh, like with certain characters and, and kind of go from there in the next season, see what people are interested in, what people don't like. So we shall see. Yep. All right. Let's move on to Ghost of Tsushima. Very busy week for PlayStation. 
Um, there was a new trailer, a new release date. The release date is June 26th, six days after my birthday, by the way, uh, of 2020. Boys, is this earlier, later than you expected? Where you, what do you feel on Ghost of Tsushima? Er, earlier. Check out the, yeah, earlier. way earlier. I, <laughs> I did not expect, I mean, to be honest, no, whoever releases their game in the summer months, it's always a drought. And it's so nice. I love yeah, it. like it's just, I'm just happy to know that we have something coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so I we'll think have something coming out. in the summer. That'll be nice. Um, I think inevitably, just based off the, 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 the Japanese trailer we saw, um, we are going to see a ridiculous amount of comparisons to Sekiro. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh you my betcha. God. Check so many. And Neo in a way, just because. I, I'm so tired of the Neo comparisons because we keep getting the, you know, um, oh, well, you know, they both happen in Japan and it's. That, that is not, no, stop. Like, mm-hmm. bad. Stop. I think people also just because, and I don't blame them because it's been so long. But I also think people forget what kind of developer uh, Sucker Punch is, right? Like these right. Are people made Sly Cooper, they made exactly. Infamous. Like there is going to be a very different and arguably supernatural or fantasy like feel, if you will, to their gameplay somewhere. Even if it's like, you know, your character's blade is chopping people's uh, appendages off, like you know, knife to hot knife to butter. Like it, it's just. There's going to be something there that feels a little loose, a little floaty. I just feel uh, that they're better games are. at um, movement and animation than a lot of the Bloodborne or a lot of the uh, Dark Souls companies. Yeah, and climbing in Sekiro was like and pressing square to grab stuff. Like that's to me that feels so ancient. <laughs> they did Second Sun, right? Yeah, they did Second yeah. Sun. Yeah, um, they and even though I didn't love Second Sun, um, it it was slick movement and stuff. Yeah, that's. It, I think it'll be. It might be the title to make this kind of stuff popular, too, because it will feel... Uh, I, admittedly, I think we can all agree, a lot of times in those games, like, the thing is, is you feel like you can't move. And it's on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. heavy armor. But I think with this game, you probably won't have that. It'll be more about, yeah. like, uh, the the combos and the moving between enemies and stealth. And... Looks cool. Looks very cool. What, what's fucking bugging me, though, what's really fucking bugging me is Ubisoft has yet to do an Assassin's Creed in Japan, Feudal Japan, and when they're finally going to do it, well, I'm going to be did, burned it was out. Just, wasn't it the, the, like, 2D? 2D. Yeah, fuck that. No. <laughs> fuck that I'm just saying. It, it, all right, China. So we have, we do have, we have one they're, in, was it, does that bad? They're, bu- they're Russia one, and that, the t- 2D ones are not very good. I heard they're, like, horrible. And, but and I will say I just, this. Oh, man. I, I can tell you why. You want to know why? Of course. Their whole the reason why you are not getting Assassin's Creed in Japan is because that is their last ditch effort game. If they so? hit, absolutely. If they if they didn't hit with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, <laughs> if they have an issue with a couple of these games, this will be their get out of hell free card. Think about it. it. Think about it. Absolutely will. Their get out of hell free card was was not like resetting the franchise, making a movie, taking a year break. It's <laughs> they didn't say let's make nope. the Japan game now. They're and like also, shut it down remember, for a year. They first. reset the narrative team, which I'm going to be honest was not my issue with any of Ubisoft's games. The story is not my issue with Ubisoft games. So resetting oh, the narrative God. team means absolutely nothing. That's like repairing your fucking tires if you're out of gas. So I, I've always this is, is slightly on topic, but not really. But I've always found the the idea that the only reason that, that ninjas are actually real and the only reason we about ninjas in Japanese cultures because they're the, the worst ninjas. Everyone else's ninjas are so stealthy you've never heard of them. <laughs> Yeah, man, I just, I don't know. It got me, like, sort of perturbed because I'm like, okay, we got Ghost, we got Neo, Sekiro, uh, 
like when Ubisoft finally decides to do it, I'm going to be sitting there like, well, I don't care, you know, being all pretentious and shit. Um, but it depends on how they nail it. But you know, back to Ghost. Did you you saw the new trailer? You said, yeah, it it looked it looked good. Um, my one concern with it is it looks very cinematic. Like it almost like you're playing a oh, movie yeah. cinematic, and every now and then that that doesn't translate the best into gameplay sometimes. And so I'm I'm kind of I'm, I mean from what I've seen it looks good, but I definitely am um, I'm curious to you know get, get basically get my hands on a demo yeah. and see how it feels. Which maybe yeah. we'll see one. I mean with it with it coming up faster than we thought, they might uh, maybe they'll do like a oh, pre-order. Uh, Last of Us 2 and get a demo to go. That'd be, That'd be a dope, smart move. Yeah. It, it would be. That'd bring me back to the PS2 ga- days. I feel like they they really used to do that where you'd like buy a game and on the inside would be like a demo disc for another or something along yeah, those I lines. I feel like Remember demos crap down in Halo. They were the they best way to yeah. sell your games. Like let people try your games early. It's yeah. real, demos real fast. Are needed. Well, it, it just blew my mind that for a while, as we were like transcending into more of a digital era, that like it took them forever to start doing more trials. Like out of all companies, Bethesda was doing it first. You know, they were doing like not even demos, but hey, try an hour of this game, and if you like it, you can buy it right then and there and continue playing from where you left off. Um, and now we're starting to see more demos, right? Like we just talked like what was it like thirty minutes about a demo being Final Fantasy. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know why we haven't seen more of those because yeah. it, I think it definitely sells more people than hurts them. But I can understand some of the fear if you put out a bad demo. Um, but yeah, I would love to see a demo for Ghost because I agree that there is the cinematic feel. And I remember when we first saw it in twenty what was it twenty seventeen twenty eighteen they had the funky E three conference. Um, but yeah, they they had uh, this like one camera shot where it was like a one on one. And you could see, like, the sunset in the background. There were, like, leaves blowing. And the camera stayed sort of, like, fixed to the side. And it looked really, really, really good. And the game's still a looker. But we don't know, like Cowboy said, if that will translate well into good gameplay. I'm just very curious. Is it going to be, like, hack and slash? Is there going to be abilities? I is think some it, supernatural it, looks, it looks like it's going to be a even more Tenchu-esque Tenchu than Sekiro was. Looks like it's going to be very much like set up and plan your kills, um, almost a bit of a uncharted cinematic kind of sequence of events that'll happen. Um, and then the battles look like it's I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make I don't want to force a comparison to Sekiro, but looking at that gameplay, I'm like this is this, this is movie Sekiro. Do you think based off how quiet things have been and how on and off it's been, and also how close it's was initially i think supposed to be to the playstation 5 release do you guys get a little bit of days gone from this one you know sort of how sony tucked it away for a while and and then finally pulled it out because if i'm sony i don't want to release anything within a month window of the last of us right you that's going to be a huge game and i feel like you're sort of setting up ghosts to be sort of looked at as an aftermath like oh okay and, and mind you, as I said, this is their first game since Second Son. You can count First Light, the expansion or whatever, for uh, Second Son, but they haven't released anything in a while. Like, wouldn't you want it in July, August? Like, I expected well, August. I mean, PlayStation, they don't they don't like releasing games that aren't, like, 9 out of 10s. You know, like, I think their weakest game in a long time was probably uh, Days, Days Gone. Gone. Yeah. 100%. And, but a lot uh, of people I mean, argue otherwise. They're like, it's underrated. I, I don't. I don't it's I don't underrated to anyone. now. 
when it's patched, but they're a liar. They say it's yeah, underrated. At, at launch, there were there were problems. There were a lot of problems. So beyond that, I mean, Horizon, amazing game. Bloodborne, amazing yeah. game. God of War, amazing game. Spider Man, amazing game. Spider Man, I and, fucking love. <laughs> and, and you know, it you you so look good. at that lineup, and then Ghost is in the same bucket, and you're like, you know, there's no way they're gonna let this just take a shit on itself. It's a really good pedigree to have, right? Because you don't want to be that company that just flubs and makes the not good mm. Sony exclusive. And I guess you could say Days Gone is, but Days Gone still found an audience, still sold really well. And there are a lot of people who really like it. I still see the reason I brought up like people thinking it was underrated is because a lot of people said like it was the story that was underrated. I thought that was arguably the worst part. <laughs> I the really didn't was, like it was, at the all. The story was pretty mediocre. Yeah, like it was just so average. You spend the whole the whole entire game, spoiler alert, you know, you had your chance to play it by now, folks, but you spend the whole game looking for your wife and then you find her and she's like, I'm gonna stay and help. You're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> game should end it here. <laughs> it, it ends there and it cuts to the like like um uh Robert D. Wilde screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, oh, I man. so I just I see a little bit of elements of that because I guess it's my fault for buying into some rumors, but we had heard like it was later in the summer. Uh, the game was kind of like a no-show for a while, and then it suddenly comes out. I guess it's a good sign if they're starting to market it now. Um, mm-hmm. We got a three-month window till then, but I just uh, – it's not I don't want to buy in, right? Because like I, I've mentioned time and time out, like Sly 2, one of my favorite games of all time. Sly in general, one of my favorite series ever. Loved Infamous 1. Uh, loved Infamous 2 even more. Wasn't a fan of Second Son. Um but I just feel like if this is my first game and I think it's been six years, I wouldn't start talking about it more frequently when we're three months away. I would have been well, in dude, on the that other the other often. option is like this is the first announced. Now, do we think this is a hard announce or is it a we're going to aim for this and then actually push this back to August? That's the other thing, right? Because think of what they did for The Last of Us Part Two. They announced it and a week later, like we're delaying this. Yeah. <laughs> so so Which, I didn't I think mean, that. Either way, I I I love the idea of a summer is always. Summer is the the worst gaming season. There's nothing. It's three months of like I hope I can stay busy playing Neo or Monster Hunter or Dark Souls. We wonder about our jobs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, you know, it's like it's Mm -hmm. you you know what? It's it's kind of bullshit because when you think about it, you think summer would be like the best months because all everyone's out of school. You think ad revenue would shoot up, but it's like the opposite. No one wants to pay for it. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, it's also that, and everyone's more busy. It's interesting because you're starting to see the years fill out more. Right, we're seeing a game in June. We're starting to see the beginning of the year be more busy sometimes than the fall, which is happening yeah. this time around. I, yeah, so I think it's just a matter of time. I like. I'm liking Q1 a lot more these days than than uh, than Q4 because Q1 too. It's like you know, it's it's start of winter. Mm-hmm. Um. Generally, it's the weather is you get a lot more of your shitty weather this time of year. I just feel that's more productive on video games. Like when it's you know September October, it's still like seventies or so in Nashville. We might still be out playing volleyball. I'm like, I want to do this. But right yeah. now, it's like forty three. I'm You're like, no, I'm not going outside. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Which, for which, uh... yeah, missed missed all the tornadoes on, <laughs> down in the suburbs. So Good. all all Good. safe on on Cowboys front. Yeah. I... It's interesting because I, I think there's quite honestly like a an interesting perspective because for us as content creators and, and this is common knowledge but you know we know that like the the CPM goes up in the holiday months so mm-hmm. there's like that influx of that plus like a ton of games to cover which I think is a little more exciting but realistically speaking out of like I, I thought probably the most interesting game for me at least that came out in the fall was the Outer Worlds but you know I'm a little biased on that front 
Uh, but when you look at like the terms of quality, it seems like now we're getting into like what we've, what would be considered a holiday period, but it's March. Um, but it's interesting because while not a lot came out in February or January, um, last year, I think there was a pretty busy period and on the contrary, that's when we get paid less. So it's just, I, I just find that to be an interesting dynamic because you make so much less, but then there's more coming out. And last year was less coming out, but we were getting paid more. It's, it's weird. I also think that you're looking at um, a situation where they're responding also to the uh, Corona, the beer yes. virus. Yes. And that's uh, true. so I think that that might, release might have had something to do with it. We also know that, you know, they've canceled going to multiple events. Most we're hearing rumors that they had originally planned to go to a bunch of small events. They can't go to those because they're all being mm-hmm. canceled. So this might also be a, a, a concentrated effort to make sure things are in the right time for a, a eventual PS5 discussion. Um, and uh, it might also just make sense for them to roll in, have the summer game, then they've got Last of Us, and then start talking about their PS5 stuff. Um, it's I, I think what we're seeing isn't necessarily a jump to summer, uh, even though I would love that. We've seen uh, GTA 5 originally was summer, I believe. Originally announced for summer. I think it it got delayed as well a couple months. Yeah, but, it came um, out in September. Yeah, I think it was a July. If I remember right, when I was at work, I, they were like July, and people were just shitting themselves. They're like, "What?" Like, but they awesome. can do it. They can do it. Yeah, right? Of course. Like they could do it. They can um, release whenever Christmas. Yeah, Day. they can release whenever. So to me, I think some of it's also that, and that's why it might not make sense to us because we're looking at it going like, "Oh, that's weird." I think it, there's there's more involved in these decisions for the next six months than have ever been involved before because i Mm -hmm. do know one company i just talked to is delaying by a year because of this stuff yeah because their pr and they're just like you know what it's not working out let's just and they're available they're able to do that a lot of companies can't Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah man it's gonna be an interesting year guys it's uh, because i don't know about you but i saw times and forbes both put out things in january saying their numbers on google and everything were really low and i was like mine weren't that low and then i looked and was like mm-hmm. holy crap this is the weirdest january and february were terrible for me it was Same. like people weren't getting my stuff it was weird yeah. and um and it's only now started to pick up and move around. And I think that there's that, too. You have all of these weird things going with PR, weird things go- going with, like, um, the, the game releases themselves. It's going to be a, it's gonna be rough, I think. It's going to be it's, – it, it's awesome, 2020, amazing time for games. But also, I think it would be really rough for some people. Yeah, for sure. All right. Carrick, you got those Resident Evil 3 details up for us? Yeah. Yeah, so um, – Oh, shoot. It disconnected me, and I wrote him into the Discord. Give me one Uh-oh. second. I found oh, him. No problem. Found him. Give me one We're second. Patient. Okay. We have a All right. So We're good. Resident Evil 3 Remake uh, has, you know, we know, we've known about it for a long time, and today they released some more data. They did release some data uh, that was misinterpreted, so I <clears> want to make sure it's clear. The nemesis cannot get into the safe room. That was what they showed this morning, and people were losing their mind. They were like, they can get into the safe room. This is going to change everything. Uh, no. Capcom came forward and said, actually, that was misinterpreted. They can't. Um, however, some changes now. Uh, you can make ammo on the run in this game, so Good. which I think will will change a lot and make it more accessible. Uh, dodge with slow-mo is the new thing. So not I don't only like are that. You... That's like Resident Evil 6. Yeah. So I mean, when you, you dodge, do... does it proc a bullet timer? It can, yeah. 
and it's a perfect dodge that does that. So a normal dodge won't, but if you do, it's like a retribution timer is what they called it or something along those lines. So you have like a little bit, it slows down and you have a little bit more of an opening to take out the enemy. There's one ending, which I found quite surprising. Really? Wow. Yeah, they Didn't said two one have ending. four? Dude, it not only had that, but it had the DLC shit. The Herc or Hulk or whatever. You yeah. can play these side wow. characters. Yeah. That's so this what, is, wow. Yeah. Um, Raccoon City is massive compared to the original. They said so the game is been blown out. Raccoon City is more explorable. There's a lot more places okay, to good. go. Um, restarting at checkpoints is possible. Now, you guys are going to have to remind me what that means. Because to me, I don't remember not being able to restart at a checkpoint. Um, but I haven't played three in ages. So I don't know exactly what I've that means. I never played three at all. Well, so, yeah, I don't know what... Okay. I mean, your checkpoints are usually your saves. But when they say restarting, do they mean, like, if... I don't know, like, you open a door and it triggers... Like, are these going to be autosaves? Yeah, it didn't say. It just said you could restart at save. Or you, you could restart at... Um, restart at checkpoints. So what I was wondering is, do you guys think it's something really weird where you can say, I want to restart at this checkpoint and it erases your... My guess, like your my guess gives would you be... Full health or something. The originals had save rooms, I'm guessing, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so my guess would be that based off the originals, you, you would go into the room, you'd save, and there was no checkpoints. You just Anytime you wanted to mark your progress, you had to find a new save room or be at a save room. I'm guessing this game's giving you checkpoints. So let's say you die oh, halfway somewhere, you respawn I, there. You're that's right. That's exactly yeah. yeah. That's good. 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 Good reading there, Maddie. Because that's it's that's English for you. It's what and, I'm here for. <laughs> uh, and then what we already knew, which was multiplayer. Um, the you know the multiplayer that was leaked and people played okay. and thought it was a separate thing is going to be in here. But to me, the two big ones, slow mo dodge, well three slow mo dodge bullets and bullet time. I think those are going to change the way three feels well, is, dramatically. Is slow mo dodge the same as bullet time though? Okay, no, I'm calling it slow mo dodge. But basically, if you if you do a perfect dodge, it will slow down and you will be able to attack the enemy easier or with retribution. They said something like retribution, so you'd be able to like get in there and attack them. That's the which... most out of place mechanic I think I've ever heard. Exactly, yeah, like a Resident <laughs> Evil thing. It doesn't. It's Resident Evil 6. Like, it's what it reminds me of. Like, Which diving around and shit. 6 is the one where there's, like, three campaigns. Uh, it was more, like, action-y. Like, you could dive. Like, you could do a reverse dive with Leon. You'd, like, slide on your ass and you could was shoot Was it in and Africa? Roll. Was no, that, that was the one five. That, that everybody complained was racist? Okay, so, so where was 6? Six? 6 was... was that, the, that wasn't the um, main town. That was 4. Six five. six was the one where there was like a part where like you'd play as Chris Redfield and like his soldier companion, and that was like more of a third person bro dude campaign where you were just like shooting the shit out of everything. Shooting and there the was Leon and yeah. someone else, I forgot who it was. Um and they teamed up and like a fourth campaign came in with uh Oh, what is her name? It is escaping me right now. But yeah, not it was Jill. it was like not Jill. Not Jill. Um Okay. Claire? No, that's from. I think Wong was her last name. I want to say Ada um, Wong. Yeah, yeah, her. Okay, there's like a fourth campaign with her. Um, see, I remember that because Courtney Taylor voiced her. Um, but yeah, it was it was that game. It was like the gung ho actiony one that really like lost 
the franchise. Like, it just mm-hmm. was totally detached from what Resident Evil was. And it just reminds me of that, because, like, in that game, I liked it for what it was. It definitely wasn't Resident Evil, but you could dive around and do, like, crazy action shit. And not that you can in this game, but I saw there was a gif before this of the perfect roll in action. And, like, you got some really good distance on the roll. The time drastically slowed down and you could just whip around and put some shots into whoever is attacking you and i don't know i feel that that's just not the right type of game for it because what i liked about two at least was it was more survival horror Mm -hmm. uh it was more you know resource management not that this game will lack that but having an ability that you can trigger even if the dodge has to be timed properly just having an ability that gives you that edge just doesn't fit the universe and what's well, let happening me read you then their their comment um okay if you compare resident evil 3 to the second installment it leans more towards action so we remade everything based on that premise said producer kawada in an introduction video I, I'm, I'm sure i pronounced that wrong like the original game expect the new remake to feel more run and gun even than re2 just don't go full hollywood action movie like resident evil 6 and you should be fine okay um well, so we'll says, see you can dodge away from zombies trying to grab you. A perfectly executed dodge helps you add distance to escape or turn and fire your gun. You can button mash to escape a zombie's grab. That's the first time I heard of that. I'm sorry. And the combat knife. Ooh, the combat knife has removed durability. Hmm. Wow, so you can just keep stabbing it into them and taking it out. Hmm. Boy, it is an action. Boy, they have gone pure. Maybe that's their idea. That's, is that, that's, that's a couple of elements. I'm going to be honest, man. That actually is a couple of elements from RE6. <laughs> like the button mashing when you get caught. Um, the Weird. fucking knife just being unlimited. Well, not only. Yeah, I mean, the knife notoriously does like no damage in Resident Evil. It's more so mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of for the folks who think I might be overreacting is, is the escape when, when you like. Yeah tap L- lb or l1 or whatever and you stick the knife in them and you break free um mm, you still have to shoot true, and kill them right. but then you could take the knife out and now if you always have a combat knife granted that's an inventory slot so if the resource management's good we're in good company uh but you it's it might be something additional you have to consider but at the same time yeah definitely more action focus for sure yeah definitely I mean, you know what? I'll give it a chance. Shit, Resident Evil 2's remake turned out amazing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not down no, on yeah, it. It's it, just more action that, That's the thing. Number two was awesome, but if we're talking thematically, the whole the bullet time doesn't really make sense. I think to oh, kind of go to what Maddie was saying, I think if, like, on a perfect dodge, you, you know, on a perfect dodge, you sweep it and knock it onto the ground so you have an opportunity to shoot it in the head because it's downed or something. I think that, that sense-wise, I think that lines up more, but, you know... I'm not a. I'm not the dev here, so. Yeah, I'm not complaining too much though. I just it's some it's just a weird commonality because like I I saw a lot of excitement for like the general details. Like I didn't read into them much. That's why we have Carrick having them up, and I just heard general excitement. So I'm a little surprised that when a lot of those comparisons line up to RE6, I'm like Jesus Christ, how excited are people for this game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. All right, uh, and with that, let's get into another leak that happened this past week. It is. Project Maverick for Star Wars. Uh, this one really just came out of nowhere. It was on the PSN store. Let's read from Game Informer. Uh, Electronic Arts' next Star Wars title is a smaller, more unusual project at EA Motive known as Star Wars Project Maverick. The title was first discovered after a Twitter account, PSN, PSN Releases, which was found via Reset Era reset user uh, Solzonic which automatically monitors additions to the PSN store database, tweeted about the game with the art shown. Uh, Although Electronic Arts 
who has the official Star Wars video games license, has not officially confirmed the project. Kotaku is reporting that Project Maverick is one of two Star Wars titles the company is working on. Kotaku describes the game as a smaller, more unusual project um, in Montreal, Canada. The other, according to the site, is a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel by Respawn. No matter the intended size of the game, just releasing another Star Wars game would be a minor victory for EA. What do you guys think about this? What do you think Maverick is? It's smaller, more unusual title. We already have Star Wars VR, right, with with Vader Immortal, so we can kind of scratch that off in the terms of like unusual or kind of out there. You think it's going to be more of like a, a Jedi Starfighter game? I mean, I don't want to say it, but uh... well, hang on, let me, Carrick, you go first. I'm going to Google some shit on it. <laughs> uh, so they they did check the VR tab was checked as no. So okay, that, okay, that disturbs me because a smaller VR game. They've already done the Star Wars Battlefront two VR missions on PSVR. That seemed like a fit. Uh, Vader Immortal, that seemed to do well. So it won't be VR. So if it's a flying game, Maddie, but not VR as well, that'd be weird. Like to me, Good that's point. a lost oh, opportunity. Fuck. Good point. Right? What a fuck, lost I didn't opportunity. Think of that. Yeah. Um, so we were trying to figure out what it could be. And w- what came up with a lot of us was just like, is it an arcade game? Like a, like a you know, like flying around as an X, you know, like, is yeah, it like, like a that? Kusagare or whatever. Ikagura, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Like, is that what it is? Is something hmm. really weird where, because I'll tell you this, this is the weird thing. Bear with me. Project Maverick does not sound like a normal Star Wars name. Now that sounds really it does dumb, not, and the but art it surrounding it does not look and the art, right. Right, the art surrounding Star so, Destroyer in the background for those who don't know. Yeah. So speaking about the news videos, when I covered this with Sleeve yesterday, we were like, "Do you adding all this up? Like, is it a top-down shooter? You know, like or something that we just don't? We're just not putting with with mm-hmm. normal Star Wars stuff because the name Project Maverick just sounds nothing like." yeah and to me maverick is like renegade you know like i'm 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 cool and by myself with a fucking Mm -hmm. popped collar so it's like what does that mean i I could see it being something really weird what if it was a top-down shooter like the old what are the uh well like uh like uh cowboy was saying uh what's the term or what's the name a car uh, i think is that's just one of the uh, one of the bullet that's just just one of the famous ones yeah yeah so it's like could it be that and hey that might be fun, you know. What if, like, it, Maverick I is love the name of your shooters. ship, and it's like, like uh, you know, oh it can God. adjust, you know, and you're trying to escape the Empire with it. Um, I, I wouldn't, and, I wouldn't mind a top-down shooter like Helldivers. Yeah. Fucking awesome game. Alienation's pretty good. Helldivers. Helldivers was, was the, the one PS4 where one, right? Yeah, like four-player yeah. co-op. Like you could accidentally shoot your teammates. You call in an ability. It'll drop like a pod <laughs> down. You could crush a teammate. Like just this fucking nut-crushing difficulty. Yeah. I, I like that game a lot, man. So if they did something like that for Star Wars, I'd be like yeah. four-player co-op. That'd be fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Imagine, you know, one thing I've always wanted uh, is. There was this book I read. Um, I can't remember the title of it right now. It was um, to simplify it. It was a Star Wars zombie thing. Uh, it, it was like I think Han Solo and Chewbacca were together on this Imperial Star Destroyer that was abandoned, and uh, it turns out there's just a bunch of like undead uh, Death Troopers. I think is what it was called. And I, I just I always wondered would they ever do like a Death Troopers game like a yeah, right. Star Wars zombies game? It would be really out there, but there's a book on it, and I don't think it's canon. But I'm just saying like that would be really that would be unusual. 
certainly yeah. that would qualify. So I, I'd be interesting to see that. But it's just the the art. Granted, there was a Star Destroyer, so I, I just mentioned that it could be something that lines up. But the art, it's just this red overlay, this Project Maverick Star Destroyer in the background. It 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 lends itself more to like I don't know. I I just I can't help but think Jedi Starfighter, like some type of yeah. dog fighting Star Wars game. Like, what, would you, you guys like a ten dollar? No, well, so I, I missed where we said it was PlayStation initially, and uh, when I looked it up, I was like, oh, this is going to be a fucking mobile game, and then I caught that it was a PlayStation exclusive, yeah, and I was oh, like, oh, okay. okay. That would be unfortunate if it were a mobile game. <laughs> but that, that that falls right in line with the kind of thing that I wouldn't expect from, you know, oh, Star Wars in a mobile format? You can fly a little X-Wing on your phone, and for just nine ninety nine, get a special booster upgrade? Yay, let's do it. EA written all over it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't have my hopes up. There's nothing to really set your hopes on, but Mm -hmm. um, it'll just be interesting to find out what it is. Originally, I would have thought immediately of... uh, There was this Xbox Live arcade title from, I think it was like 2010? It was a uh, a Battlefront game originally. This was way before even Battlefront 1 from DICE happened, uh, and it got canned. And I would have thought like something like that, but then Jason Schreier wrote an article on how uh, a Battlefront spinoff recently was canceled, which kind of sucks mm. to see because uh, it makes sense because Battlefront 2 is, is fucking alive and kicking right now. Like, it's doing so well, and they're adding a ton of cool content to it. They're adding, like, a ton of new guns now. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it definitely doesn't need a spinoff when the second game is kind of reaching where it wanted to be. Um, but at the same time, it would be interesting to see them bring back a smaller, more arcadey title. I think it's going to be something arcadey. I think that should be the general expectation for sure. Yeah, but we shall see in due time. Any last thoughts on Project Maverick? Not for me. Nope. I'm good too. All right. Let's get into patron questions and we'll wrap this sucker up. So as always, we like to have you guys send your questions into the Patreon Discord. We answer them. Um, We got a handful today. So... Let's uh, let's scroll back a little bit because we, we missed last week, as I said. Uh, Kettlecorn asked us, has there ever been a game series that you love that had a design change in the later games that caused you to dislike it? For me, it's AC Odyssey. I hate the direction they are taking the series, but literally everyone else is eating it up. So, oh, well, love the show and keep up the great work. Thank you, Kettlecorn. We appreciate that. Have you guys ever had this feeling where, like, changing direction? You're like, damn it, I don't like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I've... I'm actually I'm part of the camp that uh, that loved AC Odyssey. I don't think it feels like an Assassin's Creed game anymore. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like uh, something new. But I, I I like this direction a lot. Um, but I mean, it's it's I don't know. There's not a lot of games where we see such a directional shift like that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to really say. Um, I think of one. Where I would I, say for me, Rainbow Six. Um, I was a big fan of the old. Rainbow Rogue Spear. We're talking old, by the way. Like mm-hmm. Dreamcast, like ancient. Um, I liked those kind that were a, a little bit more towards uh, the Arma, towards the military sims. I really, really enjoyed those. So I would say that was. I I don't. But here's the thing. He said that you don't like. I'm pretty open to change. So I don't know yeah. of one where I'm like I don't. Wait, something popped into my head. Nope. Some God damn it! Something's it. There is a game, and I know we're gonna do this thing. It's like <laughs> five minutes from now. 
because um, you and I've talked about it. It wasn't Ultimate Alliance. There was a game you and I both liked on the Xbox, and they changed the format. Son of a bitch. I can't remember. Oh, uh, was it Gigantic? No. The 5v5 game? I fucking love that game. It no, has nothing was... to do with direction change. Was it ReCore? I don't know. No, there was a... I can't remember, but I... I... Nah, I'm not going to keep trying because my brain will just fry. But it's rare. It's rare for me. I'll just say that. Okay. Yeah, I can't think right off the top of my head of a change in direction. Like, I, I know an easy answer would definitely be, like, Bethesda just randomly doing 76. But now after playing Wastelanders for a little bit, I, I kind of changed my tune on it a little bit because I'm just getting what I wanted from Bethesda in the first place. Uh, but Wait, is Wastelanders that- the expansion, Maddie? Yeah, the the single not single player expansion. Sorry, that that would be a horrible misspeaking, ladies and gentlemen. It's not single player, but the, play, the one you... that adds NPCs and quests, quests and stuff. No, I played it at PAX East though. Oh, cool. Yeah, I played it for cool. about an hour and a half, and I, I really liked what I played. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like mind blowingly oh, good. good, but it was it was kind of what the game really needs right now to start moving forward. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that that would definitely be my answer right away. I know it's an easy answer, but you know that's definitely a. a pinnacle and changing of direction and it just not working out and i was not a fan of it all right let's talk to cover paints uh this question is for me are we ever going to get a review uh of the rift s you got if not what about a mini discussion about it during the podcast i'm really on the fence about the rift s as of now and this was uh february 27th 2020 so we hope that you're still on the fence and we'll talk a little bit about about vr i plan to v, re, just record vr reviews you know like for example half-life alex maybe um i don't plan on doing like a, a tech review because i'm just not well equipped for that and i feel like kind of like how carrick felt about like i f- suck at faking interest i suck at trying to act like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> so when you hear when you hear me talking tech i'm absolutely reading off a script most times, like I can give you specs, but when I start going into intricacies of like a console and shit, I'm absolutely reading off a script and that just doesn't feel natural to me. But uh, I know we have VR, Carrick, but uh, Cowboy, have you uh, taken a dive into VR at all? Uh, a little bit. I have an Oculus. Um, it's okay. it's fun. I find it's hard to make content with because a lot of people, uh, they get they get sick just watching it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not like I didn't get it for content mostly. It's actually one of the few things I've gotten gaming wise that I just got for myself for the most part. You know, I've ha- I, I mean, I made a Skyrim VR video. That was literally the only one, and that was I think two months ago. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, I mean, I've had it since December. So you know, it's it's just like if the idea comes and it works, why not? But yeah, I, I wouldn't plan on uh, waiting for a review. But if you should do it, I mean, I'd say yeah. The the library is growing. It's really fun. It's really enjoyable. Uh, just make sure you get that VR cover that Carrick taught us about. Uh, that thing will save the bridge of your nose and <laughs> underneath your eyes and your uh, your eyebrows. Really yeah. helpful. All right. Handful of questions from Droop Snoot. Number one, now that Microsoft has confirmed some of the basic details for Series X, what key flagship announcements do you think they are likely holding back for a later date? Like maybe some machine learning tech, new controller features, and whatever else might set them apart from the PS5 and the PC. Well, I don't think they're trying to separate from the PC too much. I think they want to be heavily ingrained with that, but uh, what do you guys think are some some flagship announcements? I, I think it's just games at this point, right? They kind of got into features, accessibility, 
the console itself. I think it's just what games they're bringing now. Yeah, I think I think Microsoft's biggest sell is just the the Game Pass. You know, I think uh, yeah, switching Switch, that Switch's market is their portability. PlayStation is hey, look at our exclusives and Microsoft. Like that's what I tell people. People that are, that are like, hey, what, what should I? You know, what do you want me? To, what should I think I should get? What should I get? You play all the games. I'm like, well, if you're if you don't have a ton of time to play games, I think Xbox is the better value because you can get Game Pass for is it fifteen bucks a month, and you have a ton of like pretty i'd say you know 70 80 scoring triple a titles to mess around with i think for the casual player that's that's the way to go right now i 100 percent agree yeah i always tell people like i'm definitely more partial to playstation but if you're just looking for bang for your buck and xbox is the way to go because you don't even have to buy the console right away we talk about it yeah. all the time on the show but they have the xbox all access uh program where you can just pay like 20 bucks a month for your console plus like another 10 bucks if you're paying thirty bucks a month for, uh, I'm sorry, thirty five dollars a month for your console plus Game Pass, you don't even have to buy a physical game when you buy the console. It's just that simple. So if you get the money for that, then I, I think that's absolutely the most affordable and uh, beneficial feature. And if they can keep pushing that, they'll be fine. Uh, I'm sure there will be other little things, right? Like I don't think any of us could have predicted. We'll say like share play. Uh, share play has been really impactful on my friend group. Whenever I'm playing a game and they're like, "Hey, what is that?" I'll start up a share play in a PS4 party. And my friends can kind of hop in and watch my, quote, stream of the game, end quote. But it's just kind of like an individual thing. It's not on a public platform. Uh, so I'd like to see that expanded more, like having more people hop into a share play and see that on Xbox. Um, that type of stuff would be great. You know, integrated apps like Discord. I think Discord needs to be a part of the console ecosystem instead of like making PS4 party, Xbox party. Uh, just have like a, a a Discord app that I can run in the background and I can hop in a call with my friends that way, kind of like how yes. Xbox has Skype. I, I hate that. When I'm trying to play with friends and I'm like, just get on Discord. And I'm like, what's what's that? I'm like, what? Exactly. Just yeah. Like it. if that what was, if that was there, then it would, I think Microsoft will probably do that because that bridges between PC and console where you can both have a Discord and be on completely different consoles and still communicate. That's kind of the biggest issue. If, if PS4 had Discord and Xbox had Discord, obviously PC has it, it would be really nice because then I could talk to my friends wherever we're playing. That's kind of one of the biggest separating factors. And sometimes I buy third-party games just because I know – like I bought third-party games on PlayStation, sorry, because I know I can talk to them there where I couldn't have that feature anywhere else. So for me, that's pretty impactful, and I, I would expect small expansions like that, little surprises. And they'll emphasize xCloud for sure, right? You guys would think that? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think there's any secrets. It's just about games, and and we'll see. Obviously, they're doing Fable Four, Halo, uh, and whatever else. Uh, number two from Droop Snoot. Why do you think Sony has been silent about everything PS Five related this year so far? I think it's been kind of confirmed through rumors, but they're just waiting on Xbox at this point. And there's also a lot of shit going on behind the scenes, production wise, price wise. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a poker out. game. You know, no one wants to. You don't want to give away your cards first, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's just weird because Microsoft's just stayed in the headlines for like two, three months now, like just drip feeding stuff, and Sony's just done nothing. And that doesn't mean – because here's the thing. There's clear anticipation. A lot of people are like, Microsoft's beating the fuck out of Sony. It's like, no, because everyone's a- anticipating what Sony's going to do. And whatever they do, people will freak out over. It's just a matter of when. Uh, I also do believe that no one planned like, – like Cowboy was sort of saying, um, we got a lot of shit going on. No one really planned all this stuff. Um, hmm. I would assume that there's probably a lot of shuffling behind the scenes where, you know, they might have planned to show some people stuff at different events. There were some rumors about that, and obviously that can't happen now. So I, I think there's that as well. 
Um, when it comes to Sony, I also do believe, uh, you know, Microsoft has uh, at least one uh, fab line outside of China. Um, I think Sony's got zero so far, but is looking. I think another thing is they have to decide how they do their console and how many numbers there's going to be of their, uh, of their consoles before they really decide on price, mm -hmm. too. So, yeah, and it is, it, is a, it is a poker game. It's chess. It's like trying to decide who's going to offer what. Also, Microsoft, I would assume, is just going to hold back that uh, big deal program you were talking about until Sony does announce. So Microsoft will probably say their prices at some point, and then Sony may say theirs, and then Microsoft will be like, oh, we forgot to tell you. You can also just get it for a monthly, you know, like, Good it's point. just going to be yeah. this over, everybody's going to leapfrog. <clears throat> um, but the weird thing will be at the end of this year, how many people can get them. That is, and I don't think folks realize everybody in the industry who has any contacts is telling you right now games are going to be delayed for sure because of this stuff. And consoles, at the very least, and the channels they go through are being slowed down dramatically. So there's a yeah. lot of behind the scenes on that, too. Yeah, for sure. Last question from Drew Snoot is that uh, what g indie games are we looking most forward to coming out this year? Yeah, does, does Ori count as an indie game or not? Since Microsoft bought the it's studio, it's published by Microsoft now. I would say, um, I think it's called Cyber Shadow. It's by uh, Yacht Club Games, people who make Shovel Knight. They're making kind of a game that reminds me a lot of mm -hmm. The Messenger, and I love mm -hmm. The Messenger, one of my favorite indies. Um, I think that's the name of it. I don't recall it, but it, it, it's coming out in 2020. Uh, Yacht Club is probably breaking out of indie in a manner of speaking uh, just because of how much Shovel Knight and how much Shovel Knight's making and like it's in Smash right. Bros. And I'm sure that they really aren't in a, a situation where like, you know, you think of the indie startups like in a house or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of probably the game on my radar. So uh, with that, we're going to tap through a couple more questions. We want to, we want to beat Cowboy before he, uh, before he has to dip out. Cowboy, are you ready for a little rapid-fire action? Yeah, let's go. Fast. Fast mode. Here we go. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Do you think games will ever get to the point of openness where AI can understand slang and other complexities in conversation, says Natural Calamity? Yeah, I think eventually it's going to be like Sword Art Online, except we're just all going to use it to have virtual sex instead of playing games. Excellent. Carrick? Yes. It will be there. Sam. Banjam. What things do you want to happen... Oh, wait, I misread that. What things do you want to happen in your life to make you say, I made it, in the terms of achieving self-goals? Uh, I want to hit one million subs. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, took the words out of my mouth. That would be kind of the I made it. Carrick? Carrick, you've already made it. I, Dude, I, this is going to be weird. I don't, have, uh, I don't have an answer. What about have, have a beer named after you? <laughs> I don't drink. That would be weird. Um, I, I I'm allergic to alcohol. I you know what? I fuck Oof. man. I don't know what I would. Uh, I don't know. I really truly don't have an, an answer for that. Um, I, I have no. I have no answer. Sorry. Okay. No problem. That's no weird. problem. Okay. Mike Fury. Two questions. Surprise! Oh, surprise! Right. Yeah. Only go. two. Only two. He did a good job. Is it, is it technologically possible for PS5 to not be only backwards compatible for PS4 games, but also for PS3 and PS2 as well? Yes. Yeah, is it going to happen? No. The... You can already do this with PC. It's a question of how much Sony wants to invest, essentially. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Number two, what is your favorite game stranded on a console? 
uh, Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. I wanted to go everywhere. What is the what? What was the question? What the game's still game? stranded, like something that hasn't moved to to PC next yeah. gen. Something that's just left in yeah. the dust. Ooh, Armor Core. Oh. Armor Core is an entire franchise. The last time we got one was uh, Xbox 360, PS3 days. It's only a matter of time. Oh, I hope so, man. I hope Miyazaki has one banging out. I mean, backwards compatible is possible, but Jade Empire. Yeah, that's still stranded though. Yeah, because the PC I mean, yeah. version sucks. It doesn't run well. Yeah, it doesn't run well. All right. Last set of questions comes from Johnny EC. Chances up we're going to call it the thing delaying slash canceling E3. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. Very, very high. Yeah. Very high. Yeah. Every 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 other event has been captured unless unless there is a magical vaccine that pops up by, you know, April. Mm-hmm. E3's done. Yeah, 100%. Number two, E3 wish list, question mark. Uh, Eden ring footage, armor core announcement. Yeah, I would agree with the Elden Ring or Eden Ring. I don't know how you guys pronounce it. I would definitely agree with that. And then uh, Jade Empire. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been replaying it, so I'm just my okay. brain is all over Jade Empire. Yeah, I would say for me, E3 wish list would be Sony doing a surprise announcement during the week of E3. Now that it's probably going to be shut down, they're going to do a surprise mm-hmm. announcement that Sly Five is happening. I wow. would love to see Sly Cooper return, uh, and of course, a Kotor remake finally being announced or remaster i'm surprised you didn't have a persona on switch i don't see i'm not i I play i have my vita so i i don't want to sound selfish but i don't don't give a fuck about that like i just want them to just put persona everywhere fuck about nintendo i I, I really don't i just go go like the persona 4 on on vita is it's good enough to own a vita that's how i always tell people so if you want to play it so bad go get your vita um in all seriousness i wouldn't mind if it came to switch they're they're idiots for not porting it there yet yeah. But uh, anyway, that's all the questions we have. We had to rapid fire mm. through them. We wanted to meet time limit plus for almost two and a half hours in. So it's a good time to wrap up the show. Uh, Cowboy, thank you for joining us once again. Yeah, man. Thanks. It's been great. Good to be back. Always good to have you. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. If you got this deep in the show, put hashtag rapid fire, tag our Twitter hander, handers, handles. <laughs> And we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Peace Peace out. out.